It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I got Alan Juban in studio. What's up, guys? Uh, coming off a huge win. I love that. We're going to talk about that in a second. We also have CB Gold, the MMA Encyclopedia, the guy who knows more about MMA than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, we have a press conference today between Sarah McMahon and Jessica I. And we have Hector Lombard coming on, one of our favorite guests, one of my favorite fighters and people. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Decipher. People, I've been saying it for weeks now. Decipher is the lifestyle firm designed to help you make your everyday life easier. They specialize in individualized consulting designed to help you maximize your potential. Call for strategic advising and support, whether it's for help with a short-term focus goal or for coaching or long-term career management. Among other services, they offer life coaching, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and personal advising. Not sure that your needs fall into their realm of expertise? Only one way to find out. Call them today. It's 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. If you book them for long-term coaching today and use the code ROASTED, you get 10% off. Listen, also, Decipher Life, their newly released audiobook, now available for download. If you want to make a positive change in your life, you need to hear this book. You can download it from iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website at decipher.com. I recommend this book for everybody. It's fucking hilarious and has some truly honest insight to everyday problems we all face. Check it out at decipher.com. Also, I want to thank t- also I want to thank our sponsor Tip a Fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid. It's bullshit, okay? Every week these guys put their lives on the line to entertain us, and they do a great job. The men, the women, it's unbelievable. So, we could actually make a difference and get them paid more with tipafighter.com. We could tip the fighters. We could throw money at them. We could show them our love. Uh, tip a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. So look, some of these, I'm making these crazy parlays. If I get five, six thousand dollars, you're damn right I'm going to give uh, a fighter some money. Okay? So, tipafighter.com. Fighters, listen, there's no reason you should not be with Tip a Fighter. You're fighting in the cage anyway, or the octagon, or whatever you're fighting with a ring. Okay? Whether you're an amateur, a pro, you want help with your training camp, you need some money, don't worry. The fans would love to tip you. So uh, what else? What's going on with me in my life? I had a great couple shows. Uh, Friday I had a show. You were there, CB. I had a great time with your beautiful girlfriend. Adam killed it, man. Every time I see him, he killed it, tried some new material, and uh, it all hit. We had a good crowd, and... Adam's still working hard. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on new jokes. I had a show in San Diego last night for on Easter. Uh, there was about 25 people, but they were a good 25. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't care if there's four people as long as they're as they're responsive, you know. Um, and uh, I've been in a good place. I was actually people don't know this. I was in a funk about like six months ago. Fox Sports didn't renew the contract for the podcast. Uh, I was like, what's, I was thinking about maybe just ending the podcast. I, I, I was like, what's going on? The, the text from last fight I was doing, they offered me a, a fraction of what I was making before. I had to walk from that. And then I was getting paid to do the, those, those roasted videos. Um, 
with, with a huge company, <laughs> the biggest, and uh, and then the producer of the roasted videos left too. So then they couldn't, they didn't have the manpower to keep doing it. And I was, I was in the dumps. I really was like, what did I, did I just spend three years writing all these MMA jokes? I went from making good money at it, and I was, I was at the haha. I was drinking my, I was actually having a Corona. I never drink. That's how depressed I was. I was actually drinking, and I'm sitting there. I'm just like Monday night. I'm just like, fuck, man. What am I gonna do? What, what, you know, what, what am I gonna do? Uh, I mean, comedy, comedy pays the bills, but you know, I was doing really well and I was loving doing this. When you get paid, I was actually building a brand where I'm making jokes about fighting, which I was loving doing. And then all of a sudden it was just the rug got pulled under me. So I'm at the ha ha and I'm feeling bad about myself. And everyone keeps saying, listen, when one door closes, another opens. And I'm like, yeah, what if you live in a studio apartment? You only have one fucking door, right? Uh, but then, uh, my friend Brandon T. Jackson, who I don't know if you guys know from Tropic Thunder, he's like, hey, man, I'm executive producing the show. Uh, you'd be perfect for it. We just had a guy drop out. You'd be, you'd be great. And uh, it's on oxygen. And I'm like, uh, sure, why not? You know, uh, Two weeks later, I'm on a TV show. Uh, and then, and now seven months later, I'm, I'm, you know, Sideshow picked this up. I, so we got to do the podcast twice a week as opposed to once a week, which, you know, four days later. And... um. And and I, and, I, and I just shot another pilot, and I should have shot a pilot with Big Boy. I got this new show coming out on this huge network coming out. I, I possibly have a huge deal, which I'll announce with another network, and, and, and I, I'm feeling great. I'm actually – and it was maybe a blessing in disguise because I spent more time on my act. I was spending so much time. that Those texts from last fight were taking me 16 hours a week, 17 hours a week. I just It was too much. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually – I'm in a good place. And as long as I'm – long as I try new jokes – and as long as I work out, I'm pretty happy. And it's a pretty simple formula, and yet I still don't do it. But enough about me. We have uh, a guy here who just came back from Australia who had a killer fight. Alan, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I, I was actually pretty into your, your story just now, man. <laughs> I wanted to interview you uh, for a little bit. You how, know, how's it going, man? It. But uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, obviously, uh, went to Australia, had a good victory. Got back about a week ago, and I feel like I'm finally my jet lag. Everything's a little, you know, I'm back to normal again. So um, now, how long did you get to Australia before the fight? Normally, UFC flies us out like on a Tuesday. You fight on a Saturday. Being that we were fighting so far away in Australia, and you're losing pretty much a day and a half. You know, it's like a 16 hour flight and an 18 hour time difference ahead of time. So you're losing a day and a half uh, already. So we left on a Saturday this time to make sure we had. You know, uh, ample time to Who'd get ready. Who'd you take with you? Uh, I took my normal team, um, Julio Trana at Saxon Muay Thai. He's my Muay Thai coach. And then um, Kenny Johnson uh, from Black House, the Black House coach. And then wrestling my, coach, my right? As well. Yeah, wrestling coach. Wrestling coach slash he's um crazy person <laughs> slash, yeah, you know, he knows everybody, doesn't forget faces or names. He's got a lot of jobs. He helps a lot of the fighters cut weight. If you have a, a tough weight cut, which I don't. Um, Kenny's the man. He'll get in the sauna with you and lose twenty pounds. Really? Yeah, he's he's nuts, man. <laughs> now, now, does it help when you have your coach in the sauna with you? Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, I, I'm pretty smooth about it. And man, this is a whole other discussion because we we talk about this all the time with the coaches. I take this kind of shit like I take initiative for my weight cuts. You know what I mean? I I make sure that I'm doing the right things to 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 be on point when I get to fight week. I don't want to get to fight week and and just be stressed out about my weight. Um, so I take initiative, even like, you know, the, you know, I go buy my own Epsom salt. I get everything that I need to get my clothes prepared. I get my, my, my playlist set up on my, on my, on my phone. That way I know what music I want. I do everything myself. And that's just kind of, I don't know if it's my personality or I just want to take control. I want to take initiative, 
But there's a lot of fighters, man. So many fighters. They 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 need to be kind of baby. They need to be drug into the sauna. They need to be told, you know, they they have their coach scraping them, scraping the sweat. You know what I'm talking about? Scraping the sweat off of them with a credit card to like get you know get all the sweat off. Putting albaline on every 15 minutes, and it's like it's a job, man. It's a it's a chore. So anyway, what I'm getting at is for this fight, man. We knew we were going to beautiful Brisbane, Australia, and we wanted to we wanted to sightsee we wanted to enjoy it we wanted to make the most of it so i made sure my weight was on point man and we got there and instead of sitting in the hotel every day cutting weight and stressing man we rented a car and we went all over the place really freaking play with kangaroos play with the kangaroos kangaroos koalas you weren't worried about kangaroo kicking you or anything or dude these i don't know if they were drugged up or or what but these kangaroos were they were just sleeping it was like they were all passed out on the grass man they were just we were laying down with them hanging out with them they were so not aggressive. I know you, you've seen those videos where the kangaroos attack attack people, and they're like boxing. And there's like the one kangaroo that does a rear naked choke on the other. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that video? <laughs> I've seen that video. It's crazy. Like they, they know how to fight and everything, but these kangaroos were not like that at all. They were they were totally cool, man. We we played with them, but yeah, we did a lot of stuff, dude. We didn't worry about the weight at all, and we weighed in actually in Australia. Normally we weigh in at like you know four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. Uh, uh, on a Friday, well, we actually weighed in at 7 a.m. Saturday morning because we fought Sunday morning. So it was, it was, a, it was a different weight cut. Was man. that weird, fighting Sunday morning? It was very weird. I don't think it was a, a bad thing. I think I would do it again, but it was, it was a first time for me. So it was interesting seeing, like, you know, like normally you wake up the day of weigh-ins and you'd say, okay, this is my day. It's all about cutting weight. And you have all day. You could, you know... Do a half cut, chill a little while, um, jump in the sauna for a little bit. You have all day. But when you have to be on the scale at 8 in the morning, you pretty much, in my mind, I said, okay, well, my goal is to go to bed the night before as close to weight as possible. That way I wake up in the morning. I don't want to fuck with a weight cut. I want to wake up. I want to float a pound or two off overnight. Wake up and be on point. I go. I get dressed. I go to weigh-ins. I'm not all drawn out. So that's what I did, man. I went to bed on weight, a pound over. I floated it out, woke up on point, and I went to weigh-ins. But when I went check my weight that morning at the hotel, you saw all these fighters that didn't do that, man. And and I think they had tough weight cuts. I mean, they um they were up at six a.m. trying to get another five pounds uh, off, and I think it might have affected some of these guys' performances. Yeah, no, fighting. I think Hector. We're gonna talk to Hector later today. He said yeah. he's he's done with one seventy. He said he was losing forty pounds. I saw that, man. I saw that. He is. Man, the guy, the guy is so ripped up, man. He's got so much. He, he's got so much muscle. I was kind of observing him. We're gonna talk about Hector later, but he's so funny, bro. Like he, he comes in the, where we were eating breakfast in the morning at the hotel, and it was a buffet breakfast. They had juicers. I mean, it was it was a dope breakfast. I look forward to breakfast every morning. And when they've got like different coffee mixtures and juicers and scrambled eggs and an omelet guy making omelets, fighters love that shit, you know, yeah. especially me. So. Um, but Hector would walk in, and it'd be 50-plus people sitting in the breakfast room, all the fighters and managers of the team, and he would walk around and shake every person's hand individually. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, this guy's so nice. And then you see him hitting pads, and, and he's like a total other person. I think he, yeah. he, he might, you know, he's, got like, he's got different personalities. He's like got this, this swagger, very loud uh, type of uh, personality when he's hitting pads and then like when he's fighting. Um, but, yeah, he, he was funny, man. After, after weigh-ins, he, um, he, he pretty much took – Took it upon himself to steal all the entire fruit and vegetables from the from the buffet, and he put them all in the in the juicer. And, and instead of filling up a cup, we get one little cup, you know, yeah. we fill up with juice. He grabbed all the pitchers of water, dumped them out, 
and filled up like three pitchers, <laughs> water pitchers of juice, you know, and, you know, I guess, you know, you got to be all about yourself in this sport, but I'm sitting in the back with like one broccoli. I'm like, Hector, come on, bro. <laughs> save, save me something, bro. Save me like some watermelon. Give me a pineapple. Hector didn't give a shit, bro. He, but he was hilarious, man. Now, you were, you were the biggest favorite on the card. Because uh, I, I I I bet on you. I actually I, yes. I won money on you. I yeah, lost I lost on, I lost on the parlay. So but well, if I, I was a huge favorite, you didn't win too much. Yeah no no yeah okay. Now does it, but is that in your head at all? Like I'm supposed to beat this guy versus like uh, oh shit it, we're evenly matched or this guy's a favorite. It can man. I I try to I try to not look at it too much. Like when I get on Twitter and I see the. Uh, the odds thing, I glance at it real quick and then I don't look at it again because it, it, can, it can mess with you, man. Like you said, like I was a huge favorite and I already had a lot of, uh, already had, I was already putting a lot of pressure on myself to not only win. Like I told my guys at my, my camp, like this is an opportunity. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to, to my opponent. I just meant I'm coming off of a loss. I'm fighting on a card in Australia and I feel like I, I, I'm better than my opponent in almost every aspect. So this is the kind of fight that I go in here and all I got to do is perform to my best, not take this guy out in the first round. All of a sudden, my momentum that I lost is right back where it was, you know, yeah. and that's all you have to do. And the UFC, especially like this day and age right now in the UFC, you've seen all these guys. I've been talking about this lately, but this is the trip that I'm on right now. It's like you see guys like Nate Diaz, who was making 20 and 20. Now he's making a fucking one at 1. 1.3 or something like that per fight. You're seeing guys like Wonderboy Thompson who, yes, he's already had momentum, but he went from being, like, a non-ranked to, like, a number 15 to, like, beating the It'd number be two guy. Fight. In the... You and Wonderboy would be a fucking... Yeah, yeah, and, one, and he's, a, he's, he's such a cool guy, man. We, we've hung out a, a couple of times, but, yeah, I, I mean, that would be, a, be a... Yeah, an exciting fight. He, he's such, like, a respectful guy, and, and we're kind of, yeah, it wouldn't be much trash talk between us two. We get along pretty good, but... Um, but anyway, guys like that, man, you're just seeing people step up. Look at Leslie Smith, man. They just oh, announced today. Her versus Cyborg. And Leslie Smith and Cyborg. I, I was like, damn, she has some balls, man. I'm but- so, I love Leslie Smith. She's a really good friend of mine. She does comedy. We've hung out before. Tough fight, bro. I really wish that fight was at 135. Yeah. I, I don't like this catchweight fight. I think anybody so that was going to accept it. Well, well, then she shouldn't be in the, she shouldn't fight. What's the point of doing a catchweight fight? You know, they were talking about it, and they were thinking about, you know, 145, 140. This is going to be at 140. The rumor for weeks was Kat Zingano. Yeah. And I literally saw yeah, the Leslie saw Smith that. thing when I parked outside of here about an hour ago. And I'm like, Leslie's got some balls, like you said. Yeah. But, you know, Cyborg can't make 135. Like, then she's then, 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 then Invicta Fighter. Then, then that's yeah, it. but the UFC, I mean, they want her on a card, and... and they want her. It's the Brazil. That Brazil card could be the greatest card if she can, coming if, up. But if she, if she can make one forty, she can make one thirty-five. No, I don't know, man. I, I think like also this day and age, there's so many super fights, and it's all about the draw, about the money. Yeah. That it's like they don't give a shit anymore. I don't think. Nate, I mean, look at Nate Diaz, man. I'm quote. I'm quoting Nate Diaz now. Who who yeah. thought? Well, uh, you know. But like he's saying, like who gives a shit about the belt these day and age? It's like if you can make a super fight and people are gonna watch it and they're gonna pay you the money, then look, maybe. Did you say that they're coming up with a 140-pound division? No, or? no, they haven't. Like, they haven't come. I don't know if Dana will ever do a 145. Right. I don't think they'll do that. But even if they just don't have a 140 division, but they just say, look, whoever wants to step up and, and fight Cyborg at 140, you know, you're going to get you paid a little bit. You know, Leslie might – maybe Cyborg is drawn out. You know, Leslie's been more – well, they've been both active. Leslie is a hard girl to knock out. She, she, she could take a pounding. I mean, has she ever been stopped <laughs> – uh, so she, I'm saying maybe she'll tire cyborg out, yeah. come, come on in the second and third, but that first round is going to be fucking it's gonna brutal. Be hell. Uh, it, it, uh, is it a five round fight or three? 
It's a three. The main event of that card is uh, Verdum and Stipe. Right. Um, it's going to be a three-round fight. I think Leslie needs to stay back, work range in the first round. I mean, but it, but in terms of, like, the whole thing, you know, Cyborg was the name that's been around. Misha Tate threw her name in that she'd fight her at 140, 145. Mm-hmm. Holly Holmes said the same thing. What are they doing these Captain girls? Stay Gano at 135. But, as long as you like can. Alan said, with draw power, you know, and I've been reading a lot in the last few days, yeah, they want the draw power. They want the, the star power. The same reason that everybody's saying, you know, Edgar's not getting McGregor because Edgar can't sell a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, Edgar has a lot of fans, but he's not one of the ones that gets in. And it's like, well, fuck this guy and blah, 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 blah. And so the draw power is not... You can't do the same reason Demetrius can't sell a million pay per views if he's if he's the main event. It has nothing to do with his skill or people liking him. It's the draw power. Right. Cyborg is draw power. It's in Brazil. It's in uh, I think it's in Curitiba somewhere around there. And that card is stacked. And then they added that she may be a prelim. She may not even be pay per view no, main card. Have you seen the rest of that card? Tell us the card. It's Verdum Stipe. <laughs> yeah, you got Jacare Vitor. Yeah, you got Oosh. Anderson in your eye hall. You got Shogun oh, shit, and Corey Anderson. Though. You got um, wait, wait, who's Corey Anderson? Shogun. Oh, Damn. who's yeah? He's fighting Shogun. Freaking good um, fights, man. The poster on that thing is like they don't have enough room to put all the star power on there. I I wouldn't doubt it if Cyborg is the main event of the TV prelims. Maybe even the fight pass prelims, no but way. the other thing. But the man, other they've thing, been blowing up this fight pass prelims lately. They've though, been man. doing they've it like crazy. On them. But Cyborg, I know. I'm just saying though. But like, I mean, like, like, like on my card, they had like wasn't Russ Pearson? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Pearson. That was a dope place. fight, man. Like, yeah, was a dope fight. They've been, they've been putting all these like kind of big fights on the on the fight pass lately. Back to your fight. How much pressure was it? Because you you coming off a loss. You know, two losses sometimes means a cut. Were you thinking that? Were you were you, were you, were you calling Scott Coker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want Kimbo. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think, I don't think the UFC would cut me, um, just yet. Like if I went on a two loss, I think I'd, you know, I'd be a guy. If you got knocked out in eight seconds, they might think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to be pretty poor, but I think that, I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I think that I've proven that like the fans like me win or lose. The fans are excited to watch me fight and, and, and I'm a draw in that category. Maybe I don't talk a lot of shit or this or that, but, but they know that I'm going to put on an exciting fight. They can, they can entrust me with like, okay. If Allen's going to fight, win or lose, he's going to go out there and throw it down. So I feel like they appreciate me on that level. Um, but for me, it was more just the pressure of, like, like I'm not in the UFC. I'm not in the UFC to just, look, I'm in the UFC. I fight one, I lose. I win one, I lose one. No, I win one, I lose one. want a belt. I'm absolutely um, – I want the belt. I want the big fights. I want, like, like I said, I want the belt, but at the same time, I want, I want the big fights. You have a, you are, you're also a guy that you're a Versace model. You're in acting class, I hear. Uh, now and then, yeah. you're you're an actor, okay? You can say that. You know, you, you're a smart guy. You're <laughs> oh, a teacher. You. <laughs> you have money saved up. You have a nice wife. You have, you have a kid. How many kids? Oh, uh, one son. One yeah. son. You have other shit going for you. So, you'd, like you said, being in the UFC, you're not here to fuck around. Yeah, and, uh, and also everything else that that I have, and this is most fighters in general. Everything else they have going on outside of the cage. It stems from what they do inside of the cage. If you're a shitty fighter, your acting career is probably not going to blow up that much or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So same with me, man. The The more I win in the cage, which is what I want to do, that's what I'm passionate about, but the more my stock goes up outside of You think Versace of, cares about how many wins you have? They probably don't watch my fights. But if <laughs> I wasn't in the UFC, they probably weren't going to sign me being an RFA fighter. You know, It's when you right. get to the UFC and you have that next to your name and you're winning and you have a momentum and buzz about you. They just, they just want to know... 
Yeah, like you said, it sucks UFC about Reebok because you could have some badass Versace shorts. That, I mean, that right? And they could design you some really cool yeah, stuff. I need, I need. You'd be like, yeah. you come out with like a suit. Yeah. Uh, how cool would that be? I asked them. We asked them if we could come out in like a uh, Versace underwear for weigh-ins instead of really? Reebok weigh-ins. What they say? They said no. no oh, not having it. Yeah. You hear that? Come on, man. ladies out there and gay men, you guys are being deprived right now, <laughs> and, and some guys that are maybe confused. Uh, but now, now you're. you're Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say to answer your question. Yeah, I didn't think I was gonna get cut, but like I said, I had I wanted that. The main thing was to get that momentum back, and I wasn't thinking a day past my fight. I was thinking about make the most of this opportunity, put this guy away, get my momentum back, get the buzz go, coming again. Your fight itself, right? So you, you you go out there, you get taken down with a foot sweep. Yeah. It was a damn nice foot. It sweep. was very nice. I do the same one, and he got me with it, man. It was sweet. And I'm like, oh shit, he had your back. Yeah. Uh, were you panicking at all? No, but there's always that that little like glimpse of a window. Like I always, anytime somebody hits me very hard or they take my back or whatever, I'm always like, like, damn, don't this can't be it. You know what I mean? Like, like, is this it? Am I gonna, you know, that always kind of like goes through your head real quick. And as soon as he swept me and he ended up in side control, I stood up. He grabbed my back right away. I was thinking, there's no freaking way. There's no way I'm. It's going down like this, you know. So I just started scraping him off the cage, and immediately, as soon as I put my back on the cage. I felt comfortable. You know, that's like the same thing. Eddie Bravo always taught me from the beginning. Like, when somebody gets your back on the mat, use the mat as your as like as a, as a wall to scrape them off using the mat. And so the same thing applies when your back's in the cage. You scrape them off. You know, don't let them get their hooks in and everything. So I, as soon as I scraped them off, I felt comfortable. And like the thing with him was, he he likes to be in the clinch. He likes to be. He likes to put guys against the fence, against the cage. And for me, it was kind of like, man. I feel like I'm going to be the bigger man, and I'm comfortable in the clinch, obviously, because I, you know, I like to throw the knees and elbows. So I kind of felt like his game plan, his strategy against me was going to be his downfall. And, and you it freaking drive me way. crazy, though. I, I love watching you fight. Uh-huh. You sit there in the pocket and yeah. trade punches. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm on the edge, like, all right, like, uh, thank God you had that extra, that reach advantage. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, this dude's just going punch for punch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you won, obviously. You won in great fashion. But afterwards, uh, your coach is like, hey, Alan, like, that was great, but maybe we could be a little smarter with punch for punch? They were actually pretty pleased. Okay. Um, they were pretty pleased. I, I was kind of cr- critiquing my performance more so just because, um, I don't know, I always see it. And like you, when, when you hit mitts and stuff, sometimes what happens is you hit mitts like perfectly and beautifully. And then when you see yourself spar, you're like, they don't, that doesn't look like the mitt work. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? And it never will be, but that's kind of like what I'm always chasing. When I when I see my combos or I see my technique, I'm like, "Ooh, my hand was down," or "I didn't turn that punch over," or this or that. The head movement, the feint wasn't in there, and so I'm always kind of critiquing whatever I do, how it should be done per- perfectly. You know what I mean? And, and that should be kind of the goal. So I was kind of hard on myself after, but um, really, because it was beautiful. You had beautiful combos. Elbows are great. I just get nervous that you're that you're pocket. gonna let the guy throw yeah. a punch at you. What well, the one like subtle thing that 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 not people may not have noticed but that i was doing that i was pleased my coaches were very pleased that this entire camp we worked on fainting faints like fainting the punch and stepping right into range and right out of range so even though i was somewhat in range during some of those combos of those brawls what i was really working on that was very subtle to see was um being you know if 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 the fine line between getting punched and not getting punched is one inch then you're still winning if i if i step back one inch and the, and the punch goes right by me 
That that's beautiful. That's the goal. And so that's kind of what was happening. I was landing my punches. He had shorter arms. I was just out of the way of his punches. So even though I was close to danger, I was out of danger. Could you actually see them missing? His punches missing? They were missing. I mean, I got hit maybe twice the whole fight, but they were like, you know, with you know, just barely going by my face. But that was the goal. We we worked on that all camp on like stepping in, stepping out, fainting, stepping in, stepping out, and just very, very, very much towing that line of getting hit and not getting hit. So I was happy with that. But then, but then I remember like Hanato told me that you've had thirty Muay Thai fights, right? Oh, that's that's. I'll, I'll just I'll stick with that. It was maybe one third that, but oh, yeah. Yeah, ten Muay yeah, Thai it was fights. 10. Yeah, I'll I for, be honest. I like, I like I forget that. I'm yeah. like, okay, he's not just a guy going in there. Yeah. This dude's a, a very skilled Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, no, I did. I mean, I, like you said, if I had 10 Muay Thai fights, I, I did only Muay Thai for the first three years of my career, so before I even started jiu-jitsu. So, um, so yeah, that, that definitely gave me advantage. And, you know, I forget that. The funny part is that they always say he's a he's an Eddie Bravo brown belt. That's the first we, thing. We've yet to see one submission. <laughs> <laughs> my entire life. In your entire life. But that's how it is, man. Honestly, I tell young fighters this stuff all the time, man. Like, I'm like... Look, when you go, a lot of times before you do a fight, you go and you sit down with the commentators because they want to get a little read on you. That way they have information to put down and bring it up in a fight. Also, you have a paper that you fill out that it, you put down all your information and they, and they want to they see a list of like achievements and goals that you've set. So I always tell fighters this. I'm like, you take initiative. You tell them whatever you say on these sheets or you tell them in these interviews – it's going to come back, and they're going to say it during the, during the commentary. So and when you then, say you have a 12-inch penis. Exactly. And, and that that, you've like, I know that's the first thing you put down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I've had numerous threesomes. Take advantage like of Asian it. women. I would just go fucking crazy <laughs> with that. Exactly. You could say whatever you want, and, and, I'm, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you could say what you want, and they're going to repeat a good percentage of that. And then the fan base is going to – you're creating that perception. Yeah. And then every time – for instance, my very first fight, they asked me, what are my uh, – what are my strengths? And I put explosive and, and dynamic. I'm an explosive and dynamic striker. And I was telling the truth, but I thought about it. I said, you know, I'm not just going to put, I do Muay Thai. I'm, I'm explosive and dynamic. That very fight, that was exact words I want to say that Kenny Florian or somebody used. And it's not just Kenny. Every, you know, when I was fighting on RFA, um, 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 who's the commentators for um, Access TV? Um, right. I know you're talking about. I, I forget the names all of them. Pat Militage and um, the voice, Michael Chavello. Same thing. They would say explosive and dynamic. And then every time I would fight after that, when people would study my tape, my, my opponent would say, I'm fighting Alan Joban. I know he's an explosive and dynamic fighter. So it's like I'm writing my own story right now. I'm right. letting people, I'm after letting sex, the commentators. Is it your wife I'm telling you that you're explosive and dynamic? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm telling people what I, want them, what I want them to say about me. And now my opponents have to fear that as well. So now my next fight, I might say, you know what? My strengths are elbows and knees in the clinch, this and that. And then I guarantee you my next opponent's going to say, after seeing my footage as well, he's going to say, Alan's very dangerous in a clinch. So you, you can kind of control your I would future. say I'm a huge pussy on a weak chin. That way the guy doesn't train at all. And yeah. then he can actually be it. Anyway, we have a press conference right now. We're going to call Sarah McMahon and Jessica I. Uh, we'll call Jessica first. Hello. Hey, is this the beautiful, sexy, awesome, great fighter Jessica I? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You're in the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, CB Gold, Alan Juban. How are you? What's up, Jessica? I'm good. I'm good. And how's so it? It's a terrible doom and gloom day in Ohio. Mm. It's supposed to be nice in spring and it's not today. So. Well, it's always sunny when you're around because you <laughs> are you create happiness and joy in so many people's lives. Uh, how, how's everything going? It's been awesome. I've been, I, I mean, just living day to day. I'm excited to finally have a date. 
to finally get ready for a fight again. Nice, Sarah McMahon. You're fighting good, tough wrestler. It's gonna be a good fight. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, I'm a huge fan of both of yours. Uh, you took me out on the on the lake, so I think you may have the advantage. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna be a good fight. Um, are you? Uh, I mean, how, when is this fight? Um, it's in May, May 29th. May 29th, and then how's the, how's the training camp going? It's been good. I mean, I guess I really haven't even like called called training camp. You know, I just I haven't fought in a while, so I've obviously just been training every day and just doing the normal the normal training life. I guess training camp won't start for still a couple more weeks. Well, you sound happy. You sound like yes, you're... Yes, I am. Because sometimes we have you on the podcast, you're like depressed or bummed or some guy sent you dick pics. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it seems like... <laughs> It seems like it seems like there's definitely a, 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 a pep in your voice, which is nice to hear. Yeah, definitely. I can't complain. Life's been uh, pretty nice. Nice. And your, your boy's fighting pretty soon. Stipe fighting for the title. Oh, I'm so pumped for him. He's going to destroy Verdum. I hate to say it. Like, he's just, I, I, it's, wow. it's crazy. You know, it, it's cool. It's like you watch your, your sibling grow up. Like, I've watched him since the beginning just get better and better. And it's kind of inspiring. Like, I'm excited to fight after him. How, who's like I'm he, excited to see him go through his camp and stuff. Who's he bringing in uh, for uh, training? Uh, he'll tell you when he wants you to know. Oh, nice. Well, we had him on the show, and he was super nice. I told him uh, the best way to get you to hook up with me, and then he started laughing and said you guys were like <laughs> you guys were sisters, uh, a brother and sister. Not he's, he's not your sister. He's so, not, no, he's not my sister. Yeah. He's definitely wants to be my big sister. Yes. Um. No, they're they're awesome. I'm surrounded by such a good team. You know, I've I've been with this team, you know, going on almost eleven years now. You know, since I started, so it's it's awesome. They're they're like family to me. Yes. Well, we are going to call your future opponent. Uh, we are going to have an MMA roasted press conference. We do this all the time, where we have two top. I mean, we talk, we're talking about like top level fighters here. We have uh, the number. What are you right number four? No, man, I've I've fallen because of stupid decision losses I've had, so I don't even know. Does right. it matter? It's okay, girl versus girl, girl, girl versus girl. We we have Olympic girl sil- versus girl UFC fight. Olympic silver medalist uh, versus a girl who uh, is a, a great striker, a boxer, uh, has a great tattoo above her hoo ha, um, <laughs> and uh, just overall fun, sweet girl uh, from Cleveland. So this is going to be a good yeah. fight. I'm looking forward to this fight. Yeah, it's cool. This Sorry. is going to be good. Sarah, you here? Hello? Sarah McMahon. What's going on? Hey, you're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Alan Juban, CD Gold, Jessica I. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Last time I saw you was at the, at the award show. Hanato was hitting on you uh, <laughs> for a good 30 minutes. Go figure. Uh, you look great in that dress, though. Jesus, you look very good in that dress. You looked very good. I, I felt so awkward. <laughs> really? Are you not really a dress girl? Yeah. Not that dressy. I mean, I can wear like a skirt or just like a casual dress, but not something like pretty fancy. It's definitely out of my norm. No, you definitely, you, you have very big muscles. I remember you, you came to the comedy show and told me to roast you more. Uh, I, I was actually scared to roast you <laughs> due to the fact that your biceps were bigger than my head. Um, but uh, so uh, we have a big fight coming up. This is a fight I'm looking forward to. We have two solid women uh to the top 10 girls squaring off kind of a, a crossroads fight am i right 
Um, no. Oh. I mean, I think it's not. I don't, I'm not sure <laughs> I don't think it's a crossroads fight. All right. Okay. okay. Take away that part. <laughs> All right. It's it. not a crossroads fight. Okay. So it's a, it's anything. It's a, it's not a crossroads fight. So uh, we're just going to go. Uh, this is the, the actual MMA roasted press conference. Uh, no, actually, press is involved here, except for me, Alan, and CB. Okay. Um, so, uh, Sarah McMahon, are you going to win this fight? Yeah. Are you going to win this fight? <laughs> yes. I probably have never entered one competition in my entire life. Not thinking that. Never. Never. No. Good answer. Okay. So, uh, no. I mean, it, come on. I mean, Adam, I think that's like a, that's definitely an overrated question to ask somebody when, when you're going to a fight. I don't think anybody's going to be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to win. It's a very good point. So and that's, he's, he's new with this. He's new with this. You know, like you, you want to, you have both of us on the phone. It's a good point. All right. So Sarah, why are you going to win this fight? <laughs> Oh my God, you're such an ass. (laughs) Okay, the only reason I always believe in myself is because of the work that I put in and I believe in my coaches. So um, my teammates help me get ready. My coaches do everything they can to help me be as prepared as possible, you know, through periodization, through, you know, correctly timed workouts to optimize my performance. Um, I'm a sports psychologist. I have, you know, a lot of people on my team and I'll put in the work and that's, when I go into fights, you know, that's basically what goes through my head, what helps, you know, simmer down my nerves is believing in the people who brought me there and believing in what I do, you know, and that's basically why, you know, I feel like that. Ooh. You really can't convince yourself if you don't. Oh, look at you guys. I heard a, I heard a lot of I believe in there, Sarah. I heard a lot of I believe in there, girl. Oh, oh, I think oh I man. I, think, it's, it's, I, I definitely have, I believe. I believe in my own abilities, and I believe in myself. And, you know, me and Sarah have an interesting dynamic. We've known each other many years, and, I mean, I, I know we're on a personal friends level outside of MMA, and we've, we, you know, we've, we've had plenty of conversations. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for an opportunity for for the UFC fans to see two amazing females that are not afraid to to fight for for anything other than just putting on a great show and proving themselves. And I, I think that this is going to be a great matchup. I think it's just again a great diversity in, in both of us. Mm-hmm. I know Sarah's got a great team. She she knows my team is great. She knows her people have been there with her since the beginning. So is mine. Like. We're the type of females in the yeah. sport that they need. We're the ones that show foundation and show camaraderie and, and show that and are testaments to it. There's a lot of animosity in this room. I, able to show that. There's a lot of tension here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <no. laughs> well, I don't, know, I don't know about Jessica, but like everybody that I competed throughout the years of wrestling, I knew all of these girls, you know, like I respected them. I was friends with them, like you saw the same girls over and over as an athlete, like I did. So it's really hard to hate somebody that's trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do when they're, you know, putting in the time and you respect them. So I, I've never really you know, right. gone into things with like really hating someone. Cause I'm like baseline. I already respect you more than everybody else that's in the crowd. That's like, Oh, I just do this. And I'm sitting back, kick them. And so like, <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's a different feeling for me, and I, I enjoy I'm competing against people that I like and respect. All right, we got to up the ante here. Can I get a date <laughs> with the winner? <laughs> no. Wait, who's asking this? Adam. <laughs> oh, wait, what is oh, it? Yeah. Alan's married. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. But, but, it, but would it have made a difference? <laughs> yeah, yes, it would. So, listen, all right, all right. It wasn't. I was just messing with you. Oh, thank you. All right, how about with... I'm getting hopes up before I crush them. Oh, wow, wow. That's hard. Now, are you both single? 
Yeah, <laughs> right I'm actually it. single. <laughs> Look at this. Now, wait, Sarah, weren't you like kind of dating that guy who was who was 18 before you were talking oh about? Oh my god, he came on the show. He and... was barely legal. No, That's... no, uh, <laughs> no. Nope. I was dating somebody, but um, we didn't work out. We lived further apart, mm. and uh, we're still pretty cool friends. But um, no, it just didn't. It's just too difficult and. I don't know. It's too hard to get to know somebody when you aren't around them all the time, especially if you have a daughter. You're kind of yeah. a little bit more cautious. What, what's he in the fight game as well? Did he train or anything? Yes. Yeah, but he was an amateur. But I mean, he wasn't. No, no. He he was a real guy with a real job and had a career. See, you don't, you're, you're, Alan, you don't have a real job, Alan. All right. Now, Jessica, are you single? Yeah. Nice. So here we do, right? <laughs> Just, so yes, act. I am, but I, I, I'm interested. I definitely there's someone I'm very interested. In. Oh, what's wait? Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is bullshit. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it's a celebrity crush. Who is it? Machine Gun Kelly? No. Oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, he's great, but fight you for him. <laughs> oh no. Who is it? <laughs> Who? Who's your celebrity crush? Travis Kelsey. Who? I don't know. Who's who's he's tra- a football player? Oh come on! What team? Why do you say it like that? I'm the one of. What team is he on? Kansas. Kansas Chiefs. They're not even good. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. I'm not worried about that. Are you have like have you guys went on like a date yet or no? No. No. Oh, all right. Not at all. Oh, okay. Listen, how about this? I've never even talked to him. Oh, never even talked to him. This is her in. Yeah, we should get him on the show. Come on, help me out. We should get him on the show. Do we have his number? Can we call him up? How about this? How about I get to go on a date with the winner, and if not, I'll go out with the loser? Good. No? All right, listen. How about if you come where me and Sarah are ever, we'll hang out with you. Oh, I like that. I think that's a good dating show. I'm down with that. If you can take me down or you can outbox Jessica, then you can get a date. Adam, do you think you can? I'll be on the first fucking plane. I think I can take her down. Absolutely, yes. Both of them? You think you can? With like this with this on the line? Are you fucking kidding me? I'll fucking I'll bring an Olympians. Me and Bubba Jenkins will train for... Six straight months. How's the knee? The knee's holding up? <laughs> no, my knee. I'm, yeah. I'm getting ACL surgery next week. But after he'll, that, he'll blow it out. For yeah, you'll blow yeah, your knee. I'll, I'll he'll fucking, blow it out for yes, a day. Yeah, just, yeah, that's not important in striking or wrestling. All right, this, <laughs> right. I like this is like the hottest threesome. I'm, this is going to be awesome. Listen, uh, all right, back to fighting now. Um, uh, yeah, Jessica, how are you going to deal with Sarah's wrestling? What do you mean? <laughs> well, Sarah is an Olympic silver well, medalist. I might as well change to that. I mean, are you are you bringing in really good? No, no, you have to tell me your game plan. Yes, I'm oh my God. Stop. No, it's not even about telling your game plan. Listen, it's just like I'm sorry, you're catching me at meal time too. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I it's listen. If she's gonna wrestle me throughout the entire fight, I have a game plan for it. If she decides to stand up and strike with me, I'm gonna have a plan for it. If she decides to Muay Thai kick me the entire fight, I'm going to have a plan for it. So this is Sarah is going to have a plan if I come out there and I try to wrestle her back or I try to stand up and strike with her or I try to Muay Thai kick her. She's going to have an answer to that. Like, this is this is one of those fights. Yet again, I think that we I think we both can contest to that it's, it's interesting. Me and her both have trained with one another and mm. have an idea. And most people don't go into that fight. Like, you, when you game plan for other fights, you're game planning of something that you know someone might might do they might you know what i mean like you've never hung out with them or been around them and i think i've ever been around another female that i trained with so who got the best in sparring back back in your sparring sessions who won 
I don't know if it's fifty fifty, um, but yeah, I I don't think that there was like a hmm. a clear decisive. Me and Sarah work together to make each other better. You guys, uh-huh. I think other male yeah, fighters yeah. have done that. Oh, this is a little... situation where we didn't go to the same camp. All right, so all right. we also trained with each other because the other person is good. You know, she flew me out because she wanted somebody good to push her. I, I wanted a wrestler and train with him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarah, yeah. how are you going to deal with Jessica's speed? Hmm. Her feet? No, her speed. She's, she's, I mean, she's got really good speed. Her feet. I thought you said her feet. No, she has nice feet. I think I do. I, I've seen her feet also. No, but as far as her, I'm gonna massage them. As far as, as, far as her speed, you know? how are you gonna deal with her speed? <laughs> she's got really good speed. Um, it's exactly the same as as Jessica said. You know, like we all have game plans. Everybody has strengths. Everybody has weaknesses. Everyone has tendencies, and it's you know looking down and looking and with Jessica and I, it's not just the, um, you know, like what she said, like somebody else, it's a different kind of chess match, you know, of when you've competed, not competed, but when you've been in the same room with somebody and already been exposed and felt their strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that, it just makes it a little bit more of a thinking game than, you know, going out there and like some huge surprise. So who do you, you know, think? We, we do know, know each other. Who has a nicer butt? Both of you have very nice butts, right? Uh, I, we're I, solid. We're both solid. Both solid. Hmm. All right. Let's say we're going to have a pickup competition, right? Say I'm a really cute guy <laughs> and you both like me. Uh, That's a stretch. All right, Jessica, what's your best pickup line? Um. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um. You have really nice eyes. Nice friends. <laughs> eyes. Oh, eyes. eyes. I have nice eyes. Oh, I do have nice yeah, eyes. Yeah, you have she, really nice oh, eyes. She's thank in you. eyes. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Jessica, eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. Sarah, can you top that? So, Sarah, uh, I, I walk past you. You seem to like me. You have a crush. What's your pickup line? She <laughs> just takes you know. guys. They come to me. Oh, oh, right. oh get them. Wow. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica, I wins that competition. Uh, Jessica, I is so far is leading the pact in that. Okay. All right. You want to dump a guy. All right, a guy, he's getting on your nerves. He's not treating you right. Jessica, what's your best way to dump a guy? I'll just never talk to him again. Hmm. Mm. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you never, like, never pick up the phone again. Never answer it. This oh, my done. God. All right. Blocked. Sarah, <laughs> what is your best way to dump a man? I do not leave them wondering. I have told them. Yeah, I'm, like, very straight up. I'm, like... Okay, when we see each other, like, I'd rather do it face-to-face. I just, you know, if I can't nail them down face-to-face, I'll do it over the phone if I have to. If if they don't talk to me, I will, like, don't make me do this over text message. That's not cool. Gotcha. You seem (laughs) a lot tougher. It it seems like Sarah's got more balls in that car. All right. She she does it via face-off. I just cut it. (laughs) You just, okay. I don't don't like someone thinking they're still dating me if, you know, like, things aren't like that. Mm. All right. We're not. No, I'll tell you straight up. So, so Jessica, a guy's really bad in bed, right? But you like him, but he's but he's terrible in bed. What's your way to break it to him? Listen, you got to pick up the slack, or this is over. I mean, why is he? Go ahead. Um, uh, what's wrong? I don't here. know. How I'd say it. I think I would avoid it. You know what I mean? Like I would avoid. I think I might avoid it for a while. I don't know. Hmm. You just kind of like just not, just not deal with it. Okay, Sarah, what's your best way to tell a guy he sucks in bed? I've never heard it before. Um, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I would probably just suggest more, like, doing a variety of different things. Um, I mean, but I would, I'd probably do it anyway. But 
I don't know. I mean, you definitely like that. was so polite, though. I mean, you were suggestive break up variety. eventually. Break up. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, hmm. We would have also uh, accepted, submit I mean, them. <laughs> I'd give him second chances. It depends on what it is. If it's because, you know, he... If he just comes too early, I don't know if you can work with that. <laughs> but, but if it's just a, you know, kind of mis- miscommunication, non-coordination kind of thing, uh. I'd say that you can... You can work with that. I like that. Um, you're, you're, you're very giving. Jessica, yeah. you're not very good at these relationships. <laughs> you, you just avoid people. You, you don't even tell them why you're breaking up with them. She does not have time for this drama. She's like, uh, I got to train. I don't need to well, I just get so, I, listen, I dealt with, um, and, um, well, I have a cuss on here before. Am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, you can, uh, no, of course you can cuss on, of course. I dealt with a fuck boy before, and I'm too grown for that. I'm 29, and... All right. I like it. You guys are both girls that are way out of my league. Listen, uh, no, you guys, women. You, you guys are both women. I like women, it. Strong yeah. women, uh, fighters. You have a huge, I mean, you're just, you're, you're role models. I like it. If I had a daughter, I would want it to be just like you two. I mean, I, I don't know about the, the whole having sex until they're 50, but, but, but I would want them to, to be like you. You guys seem like very strong women. Alan, you had any questions for these two? Uh, I think you, yeah, those are all the same questions I was going to ask as well. So really, I think we covered it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, uh, no, I know that Sarah, I know that uh, when Misha Tate won, you wanted that rematch. Misha Tate, you tweeted out, you're like, Misha, I I want you, let's do this. Uh, do you think that beating Jessica will get you that belt closer to that belt? I don't, I didn't, I don't think it matters who they put in front of me. If I have like a strong win then I can make the case for it simply because of the way that Nisha and my fight went because of how close it was because of knockdown in the first round. Um, so I think that it didn't matter who it was. If I, you know, go out there and put on a strong performance, it does get me a lot closer to, uh, the title shot. So, hmm. I mean, I'm, but I'm always thinking like that anyways, it didn't matter if I was 10 fights away from it or whatever. I'm always thinking of, you know, displaying the skills that I work really hard for and going out there and putting yeah. on the absolute best performance. Both of you guys are right there. Your fight with Misha, too, was very close, Jessica. I feel like both of you guys are... That was one of the best things that happened for the division, was Ronda losing yeah, to Holly and then Misha winning, because both of you guys are right there. You're right there. I oh, mean, yeah. You're just... No, it, I mean, I think it's an exciting time to be a USC female Bantamweight. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, when that happened, I mean... It was, I, I hate to say it, but Ronda's an amazing fighter. She's, she's, I mean, when you look back at some of her fights and some of her diversity, she really does show in her fight. She just, I feel like some, you know, she just happened to get the arm bar on a lot of females and, and finish these fights. But I feel like it, it was just a matter of time before someone figured out the game. Right. And it's same with Misha. Like, it's, it's eventually someone's going to figure out the game and just be a little bit better that day at it. I think right now you're like, people are finally starting to see that, you know, they, they, they're seeing that the, the Bantamweight division is not so one-sided as they thought. And we're getting a little bit more comfortable just being here. I can definitely say now that, you know, like going into this fight, like I'm much more comfortable being in the UFC, like, and being around it and being a part of it and just being myself within it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like when you first come into the UFC, like you're thrown too much, you know, like you can't be yourself. Like, Yes, I'm the first female that failed for a marijuana test, and I'm the first female to bust someone's ear off, and I'm the first female to do these other things. And I'm just instead of worrying about what everybody else thinks about it, I'm I'm worried about winning my fight. 
and well, I'm a, I'm a, like I am the biggest it's, fan of both of you. I am going to be. It's going to be in Vegas, right? Yeah. I can't. I'm no, actually going to. I'm no actually going to go to that. Cigarettes everywhere, in Vegas. I'm going to go to that fight. I'm going to that fight. Uh, I'm going to that fight. I can't wait. I'm going to wear my um, my Sarah McMahon underwear and my Jessica Eyes T-shirt. Uh, so I'm going to be rude for both. Now, listen. Now, um, one one more thing about uh, about this fight. I was going to say. Uh, oh yeah. Speaking of Leslie Smith. So today it announced she's fighting Cyborg <laughs> at 140. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, both of you? Why are they doing a catch rate? I don't understand. Do they normally do catch rates? Yeah, that's bullshit, right? It should be at 135. What's the Did point? Did you see someone put us in a meme, Sarah? That the, the top of our meme was like, yeah, we make weight. Or, yeah, we make weight classes. <laughs> this year, you get the top three. You're right, like... If we're gonna do the, if we're gonna make UFC weight classes, I think we should do that. And you know, it's, it's, I definitely, I thought it was gonna be Kazagano. So that means, you know, like if it's not a Kazagano fighting cyborg, you know, like that's. Hello. I mean, I, mean, I think it's good publicity. Yeah, it's kind of a weird it's fight. It's publicity for Leslie Smith, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't see how many people they would make a catch weight for. You know, I, I understand that they probably want to. You know, they signed with her or whatever, and they want to make money or whatever, but it is kind of unusual. Like, nobody else would get that treatment. I really hope Leslie wins. I, I'm a huge Leslie fan. I just I just worry that, like, the cyborgs is going to be too big for her and too strong, you know, especially well, in maybe Brazil. Whoever, whatever cyborg's been on, whatever cyborg's been on, or whatever she is, like, she's still an amazing martial artist. Like, she's still good regardless of her size. Yeah. Just adding that to it, it makes her so dangerous. She's just, she really is one of the top level. Hmm. I mean, you got to be throwing some crazy like money around for that fight. All right, so, so all right, we got to get back to this press conference. Listen, so let's finish this sentence, okay? Uh, I'm going to beat Sarah McMahon because. Um, I'm just Kai. All right, all right, and I'm going to beat Jessica I <laughs> because. I don't wanna, it sounds like such a dick thing. I don't know. I'm just not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> because she can't get away from my struggle snuggle. That's, oh. what, they get, that's what we call wrestling now, the struggle snuggle. That's hilarious. Yes. I love that. So we're like, I just want to hold you, Jessica. I just want to hold you. <laughs> wow, that, that, that sounded so hot. At the, uh, man, this is this is awesome. You're giving them fire, Sarah. I, I am. You're giving oh, me. Uh, you give me more than fire. Listen, you guys are uh, adorable. You're you're funny. You're hot. You both have banging bodies. Uh, you're both good people. Uh, I can't wait for this fight. Thank you, guys. A lot of girls would not come on and do these press conferences, okay? But you guys have balls of steel, and uh, and I look up, and I look up to both of you. I really do. Uh, I, I I think if you guys lived in LA, I, I would totally ask you out on a daily basis. So um, thank you guys so much for coming. I'm, oh, by the way, Jess, I'm going to Cleveland in August. Are we gonna hang out in Cleveland again? Let's go. Throw yes. that out there. That was so much fun. That was so much fun last Jessica night. Jessica will already have ghosts about four guys by then. Wow. <laughs> Dude, she said that you're running through men. Wow. She, she said that you ghost men. Are you going to take that? First of all, Sarah McMahon. Uh, I mean, hey, I mean, I guess I got it like that, I guess. Wow. You're going to be ghosting four men. Uh, uh, wow. That's no. all right. No. Maybe, maybe some guy will make the cut, but no. <laughs> this is awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Get back to training and uh, good luck in the fight. Thank Can't wait you. for it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. 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 
All right, that was a, a very heated press conference. <laughs> I can't believe they even, like, fucking seriously answer those questions. Like, they took it as, like, a fucking interview with, like, Ariel or whoever. And they're like, yeah, you know, um, if, if a guy wasn't really coming, cutting the mustard, then I would... They should have been like, dude, uh, what is this? What are this? you doing? Tell, let them answer the questions. Why are you cock-blocking the interviews? I didn't cock-block well, shit. Afterward. I'm just no, saying. No, I think it's funny. I love it. Because if nobody else will ask these questions, <laughs> so that gives us more entertainment yeah. value. Instead of like, well, you know, you've got this fight coming up, and how do you feel about it? Let's yeah. give a political answer to how we can. Yeah, no. and, and they're cool with each other. You know, they, they have a lot of, few of the same opponents. It's going to be a great fight. I mean, it, it really Alan, is. What do you think? Yeah, they were, they were, um... They, you can tell they're like they're not too much shit talkers, and mm-hmm. they respect one another. Jess, you can see Jessica in the beginning. She kind of, I thought she was going to stir the pot a little bit. You yeah. know, she was kind of throwing a little heat out there. But then they, um, they got too much mutual respect. And like she said, I guess um, who was it? Jessica flew in. They said they've trained together. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of them flew the other one in. So you know, once you've done that, once you've flown somebody in and had them part of your training camp, um, it's a little awkward <laughs> fighting, uh, talking shit to them at least. Yeah, because so. yeah, Jessica has talked shit before. She was talking shit about trying to get that Betch Kohea fight recently. Yeah. And before that, when she was fighting Misha, she was talking That's mad the problem with the girls' shit. division, though. There's just not, like, if, let's say it was somebody, you, you could turn down that fight and say, mm-hmm. oh, I've already fought this person, or I trained with this person before, right. he's my friend. There's like 15 girls out there in the 135 there's division. not as many girls. Yeah, the divisions aren't as stacked, so you, you can't really do that. Now that they're off the air, though, you have me curious. I should have asked them now that I think about it, but I'm curious. You know, like, let's say um, Cyborg wins her fight. And, yeah. and they offered Cyborg, Cyborg to one of them at a catchweight. I wonder if they didn't seem too impressed with the catchweight thing. No. But I wonder if they would take that fight if they're throwing a little, if they're sprinkling a little cash on top. You know, maybe they would, maybe they would make it an appealing contract and say, look, you know, you fight her at a catchweight, we'll put you on a on a headline the prelims or, or on the main card, and we'll throw you an extra ten Gs or whatever it might be. Um, I wonder if one of them would take that fight as well. I feel like if a girl fights Cyborg, and it's a lot easier said than done, but. You got to test your cardio. Like that first round is going to be brutal. Yeah. You know, uh, and you just have to just like hang in there almost. Yeah. Because maybe you can get her in the second, third, fourth, fifth, tire her out. But I mean, she's, th- have you ever sparred with her? With Cyborg? Yeah. No, no. But from what I hear, I mean, like Bubba, I mean, these people, they, they, they just said she's just, She's a fuck. She hits. She just, I don't even like hit like a in. dude. It hits like a, a beast. Yeah. I mean, know? she's already got power, but then, you know, like, a lot of girls don't hold back because they, you know, you're a guy and they just see that, you know, they can go 100. percent So I wouldn't be surprised if Cyborg was laying guys out all the time. You know, she's yeah, got that I would. Power. She doesn't even go uh, go easy in practice against girls though, because leading up to Gabby Garcia's debut in Ryzen, she came out and was training at King's MMA with Cyborg and learning how to strike. And Cyborg, they're friends, and even in sparring, Cyborg was just. Fucking just there must have been so many opportunities it. during that sparring match. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking shit on Gabby, but like you know, Gabby is um, let's say a white belt in the striking department. You know, yeah. although she's a world class black belt in jujitsu, so yeah, Cyborg must have just been you know just laying into her with the punches and kicks and shit. No, no, I know a girl. We've had girls before that like the girl, that the last girl, Gabby Romero, uh, who well, no, I'm not disrespecting her at all. Amazing, but she said she got her brown belt in four years. Uh, which for, or maybe she said five years, four or no, five it was, years. It was four. Four. 
Is it possible for a dude to do that? Or, or yeah, I know for sure. Is it a, for sure, is it a different system with guys and girls? Um, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, like you said, in anything combat related, um, there's going to be less girls. So you know, it's hard to hold a standard. Uh, you know, to, to to be able to compare guys to girls is apples and oranges because the guys, you know, there's 50 guys in a division. Girls go to jujitsu tournaments. A lot of times, they have one match. You know what I mean? It's one match, and whoever wins gets gold. So if a girl's like killing all the jujitsu tournaments and she's getting gold. How does the the instructor, her master, ignore it? How does he not promote her? Although she's not having four matches like the guys are, but um, no, it's absolutely. I mean, like, look at um, I mean, lots of people. BJ Penn was like a, I think, a four year black belt, but then in the Tenth Planet system, um, Gio Martinez and and um, Boogeyman, two two, their brothers, um, two great jujitsu practitioners, and they came in. Gio, they were they were break dancers, and um. And they came into the, uh, the jiu-jitsu system as breakdancers. So they had that core strength and that kind of movement down. And then Gio, I want to say, got his black belt in four years. And then Boogie might have been like five oh, years. I'll take you to get your brown belt. I'm, I'm, I've been a brown belt for a couple of years now. I've been doing, I don't know, I want to say seven years or so. But, you know, like You've been anything, a brown belt for seven years or it took you seven years? No, no, it took me about seven. No, I, I've been a brown belt for about two or three years. but it, I, And I've been doing jiu-jitsu for about seven years. So I would say... I got my brown belt in about I don't know four years. Are you waiting for the black belt to come in? Or like, is that in the back of your head? Like, oh, today's the day. Or? No, not at all. To be because to be honest, uh, it's a repetitions game, and like I always think of everything like if you're doing something twice a, twice a week in life, you're not on the fast track to success at that whatever you're doing. You have to do anything in life that you want to be good at. Or the fast, be on a fast track at least like four or five times a comedy week. Comedy is the same way. So yeah, you have to be oh, I do comedy once a month or I do once a week. I'm like, bro, like I do minimum six shows a week. You're always polishing your, your strings. Yeah. You're always testing out new things. You're building. You're getting momentum. You learn something one night. You go back the next night and try it out and tweak it again. That's the only way to get better. And the same thing applies to jiu-jitsu, man. And for the last, since I've been a professional fighter, I only do jiu-jitsu maybe twice a week now just because there's so much shit to do. And then now that I've kind of tweaked my camp, I've, I've kind of, now I kind of combine my jiu-jitsu with my wrestling so that I'm, you know, so what I'm getting at is, yeah, I don't expect a black belt anytime soon. I know if I said, you know, screw it, I'm just going to focus on jiu-jitsu for the next uh, six months or year, I could probably get my black belt. But I, like, I, I would want to earn it. I wouldn't want my, I would, Eddie wouldn't do this anyway, but I wouldn't want him to say like, you know what, you've been doing jiu-jitsu for eight, nine years now that I kind of uh, grandfathered into it? No, not at all. I would, I would probably give it back in a, in a, in a non you know. Has in, anybody in ever given it back? I don't think Got anybody's ever given back a black belt, but I would, honestly. Like, I've been to promotions where I was kind of nervous. Like, I hope I don't get promoted because if I don't feel like I earned it, then I don't want it, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, in, in, in jiu-jitsu, if, you, if, if you're just starting out in jiu-jitsu and you have, like, a good core athleticism, base and you put the effort in you put the reps in you, you know you go into jiu-jitsu five six times a week you could totally get your black belt in four or five years if if a you put in the reps and then b you had you were special you know you had something about you i like it speaking of special we're gonna call hector lombard right now <laughs> yeah. uh hector lombard we're gonna call him uh no way Okay, so according to uh, somebody's tweet, Brett Acabono from ESPN, that's a, that's a pretty good, reliable source, Albuquerque PD have confirmed John Jones was cited for drag racing on Thursday no evening way. last week. Was driving a white Corvette. Thursday last week? Oh, uh, I believe it because he, uh, you know, he does like white stuff. Um, <laughs> so being that it's a white Corvette, but Jesus Christ, what is, what's up with that? I mean, what does he have Cited to- for drag racing, so... 
I mean, unless I don't know the law, but I mean, this shouldn't this shouldn't change anything with the fight, right? Unless it's breaking uh, his probation somehow. And does he does, does he have to get oh, arrested? Yeah. Does he have to go to jail? Follow up. John Jones says he was ticketed for drag racing. Denies wrongdoing. Isn't that illegal? Drag racing. I don't know much about drag racing. I don't I, I don't watch the Fast and the Furious, but what? It's illegal to race. What man. is it? What does this guy have to do? Yeah, man, he's he. It's it's almost like. He's 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 been gifted with this athleticism and this ability, and he just takes it for granted, man. I mean, this is this is interesting, man. Like they they had what what was the the press conference they had a couple weeks ago? Unstoppable, unbreakable, or unstoppable? Yeah. unstoppable right? <laughs> he is unstoppable. And, and so, <laughs> stop your shit. <laughs> yeah. So Karen Bryant, um, Karen Bryant asked him a question. Like I think it was some. I don't want to mess this up. I'm not quoting anybody, but it was something along the lines of like. John Jones was pro- proclaiming how he's like a changed man now. You know, he does he, he speaks to all these children. He's different now, this and that. But then right after that, he le- he like just starts you know like cursing and saying all these things to to um. You, you saw that you saw him kind of flip the switch on yeah. DC. You saw like the old kind of crazy John Jones, which is cool. That's him. He's kind of like a bad guy, and that's what kind of you know he should embrace it. But then like he comes back after that and says you know, but I'm different now. I'm different. I've changed my ways. So Karen Bryant kind of asked a question in front of everybody like how did, how are you. How are you going to prove to us that you're this changed guy, but you just kind of flipped out on DC again? You kind of started, you know, throwing all these, you know, calling DC a pussy and all this stuff. So, like, how do you prove it? And um, John Jones's manager, uh, or John Jones, they didn't like it at all. You know, I think they refused to talk to Karen Bryant after that. She was saying so. Um, these kind of things, man. These kind. Of, this is it right here. This is proof. You know, like why? He just needs why to, is he still doing uh, stupid stuff? You know what I mean? Like he's jeopardizing his career and, and his fan base, and and, and more uh, importantly, his his finances. You know, oh, he's already geez. lost sponsorships and this and that. And, and, and after John Jones beat DC, man, I became a fan of him. And immediately after that, he started, you know, getting into trouble and, and, and got caught up in some stupid stuff. And it's, it's tough, man. He makes it tough to like continue the support. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's got enough money to get a permanent like Uber or a driver or something. People make jokes about it for the last, like what, however many months it's been, but it's like, dude, get a fucking driver. Get a dri- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time you're in the car, something bad happens. Yeah, how many times do you need it, to? Yeah. How many times do you need to keep doing this? Supposedly, well, not supposedly. There's a video of him getting pulled over too, and he's like yelling at the cops and calling him fuck liar and pig. From and, from this incident right here. From, it looks like from this incident, I'm seeing like four or five tweets in a row from all reputable sources. So I just wrote John Jones video. got a ticket for drag racing in a white Corvette. It was actually a black Corvette. It was covered with coke. <laughs> oh. And tweet. We're, we're, all, right, all, so we're all on our phone. All now. right, so let's call Hector Lombard right now. Let's, let's let's talk to this guy. So before we get to Hector Lombard, I want to thank our sponsor, Tip a Fighter. Listen, fighters are grossly underpaid. It's bullshit. I hate it. I wish all the fighters made all the money. Uh, if it was up to me, it would just be raining, raining cash. Uh, and you know, I, I I want one day fighters to be pay, paid like football players or basketball players. I mean, I'd rather watch a fight than a, than, a, than a baseball game any day of the week. I'd rather watch the worst fights than than the ba- a baseball game. And I'm, I'm sorry, even playoffs, World Series. So anyway, tipafighter.com. You could tip the fighters. Tipafighter.com. Fighters sign up, okay, uh, and uh, you can get paid more. So also, uh, decipher. Listen, they've recently raised the bar for management in professional sports. The firm represents fighters, assisting with contract negotiations, public relations, managing your fan base, obtaining sponsorship. Everything you need, okay, to take care of while training for your fight. 
Not only do they provide next-level comprehensive management support, they allow you to keep more money than any other agent out there or manager while offering one-on-one mental coaching, keep you primed for success. So go to di-cipher.com, uh, use the code ROASTED for 10% off all services. Let's, let's, let's talk to this guy. Hello. Hector Lombard. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, CB Gold, and Alan Juban. How are you, man? What's up, Hector? Hey, how are you guys? Good, man. Uh, now, Alan said... <laughs> that you took all the fruit in the morning during breakfast. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had to get, I had to get some juice, man. That's the only thing I could eat. He said that no one had any fruit because you stole all the fruit. Is, is, so that, that is true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, but no, that, that, that was a dope breakfast, though, right, in Australia. Like, to have the juicer there. And I have free breakfast every morning. Like I was jumping on the same thing, man. Every morning I would go and make get my juices and everything. So uh, I hate you, man. You <laughs> you eating, having breakfast. And I'm like, I'm the only thing I can do is just get some juice. <laughs> Watching your weight. Yeah. Okay, I hate this guy. He was eating like like a freaking king. <laughs> so, yeah. How, yeah, yeah. so and then, how and then he goes and then he goes to and then he goes to the room, uh, trains for like a freaking um 20 minutes right no, 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 no. and you know with no shirt <laughs> you know his own shorts no shirt no shirt and he goes check his weight and say, like, oh I'm, o- I'm only I'm only 10 pounds over I was like <laughs> <laughs> where were you at at that point when we were when we were training that day in, in, in the um in the uh, workout room how, how much over were you at that point about 16 18 so okay. about, yeah, still a good bit. Yeah. So Hector, man, uh, so how how are you feeling, man? How how's everything going? Yeah, man, I'm pretty be uh, a bit disappointed about my performance, um, but um, I tell you, man, I tell you one thing, man. After that first round, I was dead, bro. I went back to the corner. I was like, I can't freaking move. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, I, you know. If it would have been somebody else, it would have been like, you know what, I don't go back Because <laughs> I couldn't move, man. I was like, my body shot completely. I, I couldn't I couldn't move at all. But uh, other than that, man, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to be back at 185. And, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy that, uh, that I can finally, you know, go back to my original weight. Yeah, I mean, it, now, do you, how, now, how much weight did you cut for the fight? You cut 30, 30, 40 pounds? Yeah, I took my way after when I go back, and I'm like, oh, I'm too thin. Wow. And, uh, and I barely eat much. I was just drinking water. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, there's no way I'm going back to this way, man. Yeah. What, uh, what, uh, it's, not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for me. You know, kind of like, you know, I, I know he, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there enjoying myself, you know, like, mm-hmm. either way, like, to be honest, <laughs> I said to myself, like, there's no life. Even if you will be a champion, how can you be a champion, you know, starving every day? You know, kind of like, there's no happiness in it. There's no, like, enjoyment. So, yeah. But look at this guy. <laughs> this guy next to you. That guy is next to you. Enjoying life. Freaking eating. I never... I never, I never, he was never wearing a freaking uh, sweat trucks or sweater or 
<laughs> he was shellless the whole freaking time. Yeah, that's how he is. He, you know, he's just one of the, and he's married too, so he gets all the girls to like him, and then he walks away like, "Bye, guys, I'm gonna go take care of my kid," and then all, and then all the girls look at me like I'm an asshole because he, he, they get yeah, 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 horrible. The worst, yeah, he, wor- he embarrasses he embarrasses you. Yeah, he's the worst, <laughs> worst wingman ever. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him, and I'm like. What the fuck is going on with these guys? <laughs> <laughs> You're too pretty, y'all. You're too pretty. He is way so, too pretty to be a fighter. I, I, I noticed though, pretty. even even though you were starving, Hector. Even though you were starving, I noticed you were you were a good sport, man. Every morning you would come to breakfast and you would go and shake every single body's hand before you went and made your fruit juice. You were you were you were very polite at breakfast. I was kind of surprised yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah, but, <laughs> hey, I, I was I was uh, I was making a joke. I was making a joke to my friends. And I'm like, well, I'm a little handsome than him. And they say, like, no, you're not. <laughs> they almost, they almost, even my own team almost want to beat me up. <laughs> now, um, you know, guys, we, we, we just having fun here. Now, that fight, right? Now, I mean, that first round, you were killing Neil Magny. I mean, you were punching him like 60 times in the head. You were, he was, his head was bouncing off the canvas. Were you surprised he was able to, t- to take some of the punches and come back in round two? Yeah, well, look, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. You know, I tell you honest. I tell you, like, I never, I never, never expect like he was going to be um, uh, any, um, you know, a threat to me. Right. At all. I mean, like, you know, I, you know. You know, we you know start the fight, and you know he come at me. You know, I flogged him a couple times, easy, and uh, we went to the ground. Once we in the ground, and I start punching. I tell you, like after the second minute, three minutes, I my body start to my body start to slow down completely. Even when I was on top, I was like something is not right here. Right. And as the fight continues. My body starts shaking while I was on top of him, you know, punching. When I go back to my corner, I felt so dizzy. And I was barely touched, you know, I was barely touched, I'm telling you. It's just my body, it wasn't moving. Hey. I, it's just my body wasn't responding, hey. I was like, you know, good to him, you know, he uh, he beat me, fair square. Uh, but um, I tell you, man, it couldn't be anybody. I would have lose too, man, I'm telling you, like. My body wasn't functioning. It was. It could be him. It could be um, you. It could be anybody. Well, so, so, uh, let's slow down for a second. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know if I would. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm telling you, man. I was. I was done after that first round. I was done. I was like, my body wasn't functioning. What, were you feeling like? Were you feeling like more like overall like just cardio burn? Like your entire body felt like it was on fire, or was it more like? Like lactic acid, like your muscles were just fatigued. Which yeah, it was everything together. Everything, it was everything yeah. together. People say like cardio. It was no cardio. I mean, I we, I barely did singing it. I was like on top of him, just mm-hmm. punching. Yeah, I was going hard, but it was it was, it was the weight like cut. Yeah, cardio thing. It was just like my body just my body didn't respond. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. But you know, no excuses, man. Uh, good to him. Um, beat me first square. Now, now that now that referee now, now that referee yeah. that referee should be disbarred. I, I I mean that referee let him punch you, looked like an extra hundred times, 
Like, are, do you, don't you think that fight went on too long? He should have stopped the fight way earlier? Hey, I don't remember after the second round. You know, I don't remember a thing. I was so dizzy. I was like, what the fuck I, is this ref doing? I don't remember a thing. Um, they told me after, like, you know, all those things. But uh, I tell you, man, after the second round, the only thing that I remember is, like, ash, everything it was blurry. Yeah, well, look, you I got some days. heart, man. I, I mean, days. I mean, you didn't, you didn't tap, you, you didn't quit. You let this guy. I mean, it just, you have such heart, man. And even though, look, man, I'm a fan of yours in victory and defeat. Uh, you've beaten a lot of people. You've beaten what's your record? Like forty and three or something. Uh, your record is pretty no, insane. So you know what? And you know the funny thing is that people say like, you know, I rather I want to go and and fight the same way that Adam fights. He goes there, shellless, freaking has a beautiful breakfast, you know, <laughs> pick up all the chicks, even if, even if he doesn't do anything, but he pick up all the chicks. He's always in a good mood. You know, he goes there, he pick up the rebel clothes, you know, he, you know, even the rebel clothes women wanting. Um, he enjoy himself. And I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to yeah. be miserable. Yeah. I want to be busy more more. Like, it's not life. It's not healthy. Like, um, you can ask my friends, um, even my coaches. Uh, even my coach said, like, man, I never see anybody do what you do. I woke up in the morning. I was waking up in the morning, run, and then had breakfast, and then go to the gym. And then after the gym, stay moving, with a track suit, with, you know, with jackets or whatever, and then go to the gym again. And at that time, go to the gym, I was training four times to try to keep my weight low. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. healthy. It's too much. Plus, at my age, it's not healthy. You know, at my, my age, I should be resting. I should be kind of like, you know, um, slow down a little bit. How much, How, how old know, are you now? Are, are you 39, 38? How old are you? Yeah, 38. 38. So at 185, yeah. do you, I mean, how do you think that you, you match up against Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, some of these, uh, Jacare. One thing I can tell you, it's going to be a way that um, I'm going to have to suffer. I don't have to suffer in that way, huge way, I don't have to fight my enemy. And that was one thing that I was telling the guys at the gym. Like, once I beat my biggest enemy, which is like my weight, Mm -hmm. I was saying at 170, I would be okay. But it was just, it was, that's not healthy, man. Like, I went to the drug test uh, they because they do the drug test in, uh, before the fight. And uh, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, um, I had to wait and I had to wait because I couldn't pee. That was, you know, after the weigh the next day. Um, and then I pee like really jello. And I'm like, shit, you know, like, you know, I didn't have fluid. Yeah. I didn't have fluid in my, in, in my body. I was like jello completely. So, so Alan, you're um, a nutrition freak. What do you think happened? Man, I, I've only had that once. After the after I fought Matt Dwyer in San Diego, we had kind of a, a back and forth fight. And same thing. I when I peed, it was it was it was blood. No, it but was, I'm saying his like body going into shock and not. not I, he he said it, man. Like that's 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 his biggest opponent is the weight cut. And I would I would I would think the same thing. Exactly what he said. Like even if he became the champion, if he's having these horrible weight cuts and he's not able to eat, enjoy the, as much as we want to be a champion and fight, we want, we want to enjoy the experience. And if he's miserable the entire camp, the entire fight week, 
it's not worth it. And, and you, you put so much stress on yourself mentally and physically trying to make weight, you're forgetting about staying focused on the other things and enjoying the moment as well. So, um, yeah, exactly. man, I would do that. I would have done the same thing, man. I, I obviously and, and have an easier. You, you, you've been there, you know, you've been there and you know what it's like, man. Um, man, what the things that we do, um, you know, it's enough already, you know, like it's enough that you get him, you know, you getting beat up. It's enough that you, um, have to, you know, spot and, and grapple and, and do the things that we do. And on top of that, you're going to add a freaking, uh, a nightmare just to cut your weight. Yeah. It's almost that. impossible. You no, know, I like, when, when I was, they say like, uh, you look great. They say like, you look great at your weight. So I'm like, yeah, I look great. You, you see my muscles, they're eating. My mm-hmm. body. What are you talking about? Yeah. When I was in college, even losing 15 pounds wrestling mm-hmm. every single week, I was like, I, I, I was done. Eventually, your body just breaks down. And that's <clears> what happened <throat> to me too. Not to, not to the extent of what you guys go through, but it was still it sucked. It was every week. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's doing not it repetitively. Now, now, Hector. Um, uh, last time you came on the show, uh, I don't know if you were dating Valerie Letourneau, but it seemed like you guys were. Very smitten with each other. Uh, are you guys still a thing, or what's going on with that? Nah, man, we we just friends. Okay, just friends. So. Any any uh, new yeah, any new women in the life of Hector? Well, man, I'm I'm staying out of trouble at the moment. <laughs> That's good. I want I want to put my life together. Hey, your life um, is together. You um, you lost one fight. Come on, your life together. You got a good life. Yeah, but I still I want to put my life together. I want to get back on track and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, how's the how's uh, how's the how's the baby? <laughs> man, stop with it, man. You find out shit, you know, out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> you, you should ask. You should ask Alan how many girls you pick up in Australia. How many How many girls you pick up in Australia, Alan? <laughs> Man, I said this already. Hey, did you notice Brisbane, Australia, that the girl to guy ratio over there is like ten to one? Did you did you notice that as well when you go walk around? There was so many, Bro. so many women there. It blew our mind, man. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I ask you. <laughs> you got this guy. You got this guy that is uh, I don't know, a mix of uh, Asian. We black and are you black? White and None of it. Yeah, got some mix there too. So you got all 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 together, right? And on top of that, he's he's tall and and the freaking he got some muscles. So I can't only imagine how many girls he pick up every day. Yeah, his his wife is hot though. He has a hot Asian wife. I, I met her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, man. It was it was crazy. We. we Brisbane, Australia, it was a uh, it's a beautiful city if anyone's ever been there. But for some reason, there's like a ton of women, a ton of like single women everywhere we went eat. Oh yeah, for or, some or reason just, they all became single when you walked down the block. Yeah, I don't know what it, it was, man. Of, like you for would some see, reason you'd see groups of women just walking around. It, it was, I, I, it was I walk wild. around, I just I just get dudes and kids and like <laughs> and like fat people that want my autograph. You get the hot chicks. Now, Hector, I remember last time you said that uh, when you go to the beach. Cuban girls can't resist your body. Is, is, is that really the way it, is, it still is in Miami? <laughs> you funny man. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I haven't been I haven't been in Miami for a long time. Um, but um, yeah, I told you, man, I staying out of trouble. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Staying out of trouble. Nice. nice. Hey, Hector, I'm, cu- Hector, I'm yeah. curious. At welterweight, when you you would struggle 
lose all this weight. So you were cutting like, you know, even during fight week, like 15, 18 pounds. What, how much weight were you putting back on come fight time at welterweight? Man, um, you know, I actually, I tried to kind of like, I, I, I don't even check, but uh, I think like I, I went over one. 196, 190. Oh, wow. I, I was heavy, oh, and, yeah. and, and I didn't even, I didn't even eat. But because you, your body is, you know, it's, it's craving for all those nutrients that you, you lost, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. kind of suck everything that it went, went away. So, yeah, I feel awful, man. I mean, like, it's, it's not healthy. Um, yeah. Now, Hector, are you going to, um, Try to take a, a short notice fight. Are you are you gonna call somebody out? Uh, how do you plan on making this run at one eighty five? Yeah, I, as I say, I want to I want to make it um, nice and sweet. Um, gonna gonna start training in a few days and um, be close to my close to one eighty five. And yeah, um, any any short notice fight, call me. Right now, um, I, I I'll be there. No. And I'm gonna have fun and. And I'm gonna just kind of like be like, be like Alan, freaking, <laughs> you know, eating burger and you know, chilling and hey, I'm ten pounds over. <laughs> now, now, somebody told me a story that somebody was mad at their son who was like 18 or 19, brought him to American Top Team and threw him in sparring with you as a punishment. Did that? Did that really happen? Nah, that's a lie, bro. That's a lie, right? Because there's all kinds of stories. Yeah. I mean, we, we we heard the Josh Barnett story last time. We said that you you trained with Melvin Manhoof. He was he was yelling to get out of the cage, right? That's the truth. That's the truth. That one is truth. That that yeah. you were, that you were beating up Melvin so bad he was he he was like, please let me out, let me out of the cage, right? That's what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's true. Could that's, you tell? Can yeah, you tell? Yeah, I, I needed. I didn't hear this story. This was at at at, at ATT. Yeah. So what? And, so what happened? Yeah, but that one's true. And this was uh, yeah, this was they, kickboxing. Know, he, came, he came, he came, he came, and uh, tried to beat me up, and uh, uh they lock up in the cage, and uh, yeah, I, I gave him another whooping, <laughs> and um, he was he was screaming to get out. Wow, was there takedowns but, involved as well? No, no, no. It was just stand up. Wow. Yeah, he was like, "Let me out." You hear all kinds of crazy. Yeah, no, that's impressive, man. I mean, I, when, I've seen. You know, when, when Melvin hits the... He comes to Black House now and then, and when he hits the pads, I mean, he's, like, disintegrating these Muay Thai pads when he hits them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a... He's a <laughs> when he hits the pads, it, it's intimidating. So, uh, uh, yeah. CB, any questions? Me, me, and maybe, me and maybe cool, man. Yeah. yeah I like Melvin. He's a, you know, we ended up, we ended up being friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we're cool, man. Any questions? Now, now, now Ben Askren said he wanted to wrestle you in, in Argo. Uh, would you would you wrestle Ben? Is he is he a musician now? Or, uh, you know, so he's gone. Freaking, freaking, he lose he lose uh, like a homo in it. Hey. Hello, what that man? Oh, I actually wrote that song for him. <laughs> no way! Yeah, I swear to God, that was that was for the award show. Oh, he was referencing <laughs> the video. Okay. <laughs> hey, he messed you. He messed you up, man. He messed you up. Your song, hey. <laughs> you didn't like him as, as Adele. <laughs> I, don't. I don't. He looks like I don't know. He's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So, um, now who do you think wins, Nate Diaz or Connor, the rematch? Man, I, I don't know, but I think I, I, I'm probably going to go for Nate again. Yeah. Not sure because, um, when I, when I saw, when I saw, uh, Conor McGregor's body, he was, he, you know, he was like retaining a lot of water, um, um, Obviously, he doesn't look like he was he was taking the fight seriously. But um, I mean, like that one is this one is gonna be a tougher one. Uh, but uh, I think I think they I think they will be able to beat him again. Now, our intern CB he has five Conor McGregor tattoos. Uh, five. Uh, Ooh, really? Uh, that? The guy see, uh, CB say hello. What's up, Hector? So he has five now. Uh, he has five tattoos of Conor McGregor on his body. Anything you want to say to, about that? Is that true? Or is it liable? He, no, Hector, it's true. You're an idiot. Wait, where, where are these tattoos? Let me see. I haven't seen any of them. He said you're an idiot. <laughs> Let me see one of these tattoos. Doing, uh, <laughs> I've, I've got uh, two on my stomach, one on my side, under my ribs, one on my foot. In your stomach. Oh my goodness! Did he pay? Did he give you some money for that? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I tell you what, man. I tell you what. You know these people. Um... Hello. We get disconnected. Yeah. Oh. I really wanted to hear that. <laughs> wait, 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 what do you? What do you have? You yes, have a tattoo of Conor McGregor, or like his tattoos? Both. He is notorious. And then, and then he has there. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We got disconnected. What were you saying? You tell him what? Uh, you see, um, you see, uh, um, people that uh, get tattoos, uh, Mayweather tattoos. Yeah, Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They actually get. They actually be getting a check. Uh, for that, yeah, they say should be getting a check, right? Yeah. Fifty keys, fifty thousand, something like that. You should go. You should go to Colombia and say, "Hey, look, you know, um, <laughs> see, Mayweather pay, you know, the people that tattoo his body." Oh, yeah, uh, tattoo his picture on his body. He should do that. It's worth a shot. Money. Yeah, he, at least could, a, a retweet change, or something. Yeah. He could change my bum life. He could. Now, uh, now, final yeah, question. Get the fuck out of here! You know, you gotta just you know tattoo. You know, getting paid. I'll pay. I get paid for that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, Hector. Uh, now, obviously, now everyone's excited about going back to Cuba uh, because we're allowed to go back there. Are you gonna go there? Um. No, sure, but um, yeah, it's, it's tempting. Tempting, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's tempting. Like yeah, the things getting better, I heard, and uh, you know, soon you're gonna have uh, UFC down there in Cuba. Oh, that'd be awesome! Now, Yoel is fighting the thing, the USADA thing. He's saying it's complete bullshit that he didn't fail the test. Anything that you can you could tell us about that? No, I have no comment. Um. Uh, I I basically, you know what I went through. Um, uh, these freaking women gave me a pill. Yeah, and, yeah. And and the pill, the pill. Uh, you know, um, what the, you know what the compen- the components on the pill, is in a lot of supplements out there. Okay. Um, they even you know when I spoke with the guys when you saw, I say like, look, this all these compen- components is in, in a lot of. In, in a lot of uh, um, supplements, so um, that can happen to anybody. 
right. honestly. Like, you you know, somebody give you a, uh, a supplement and, you know, you you can be in the, in the drugstore and, and, and you take it and then, and then you just kind of have, kind of have to pay the consequences, you know? And that's the thing. I, I mean, the thing about you and you all, you guys were Olympians. Uh, you guys passed tests for 15 years. All, all of a sudden... You know, people are like, oh, he's been cheating. I'm like, he hasn't, all the, you know, he's 40 years old. This is the first time anything's ever come up. But everybody, everybody. Exactly. Wa- uh, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like Alan. Alan is, you know, fucking guy Jack, right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's freaking buff. But he's Asian. He's got some Asian on him. <laughs> Have you ever seen an Asian? Oh, buff, Never. I've never seen but an now, Asian, never once. If it doesn't happen to him, like he, let's suppose, like tomorrow he, you know, I don't want that to happen to him. But let's suppose that tomorrow he uh, takes some supplements and there is something in the supplements like happened to Joe Romero, mm. like you know he took something that isn't it, and uh, you go and you find yourself and say like, look, this stuff that I took is in this supplement. Check it out and let's check and uh, come up um, the thing in the supplement. Everybody's gonna go and say, "Oh yeah, he." Oh, of course, you know he's Asian. He looked the way he looks. Right, right. It's, yeah, no. And, it's, you know, probably the guy, probably the guy is just actually built that way. Hey. Yeah, I completely agree, and I, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a fan of yours, man. I can't wait to see you back in the cage. Get get some rest. Take it easy, okay? You you you've, you've had a long, hard career, but you're gonna come back. You're gonna make a run at 185, and I'm such a fan of yours, Hector. Man, you have no idea. Uh, when you win, I'm a fan. When you lose, I'm a fan. I'm just a fan. So uh, uh, I'm a fan of yours too. And uh, and uh, trust me, um, you know that's life. That's you life, know, exactly. You win, you win and you lose. Sometimes you're the that's nail. It. Sometimes you're the hammer, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's what you, <laughs> that, that's that, that's what you told me. So uh, so yeah. Well, thank you, Hector. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you, guys. Take care, Heck. That was Hector Lombard. He's taking it well. Yeah, good guy, man. I mean, you can tell he's, you know, bummed out from the loss and everything, but he's a uh, a genuine guy, you know? Yeah. He kind of says what's on his mind, and good guy, man. I feel like he was born in the wrong era. (laughs) <laughs> you feel like Maybe he should have so. been around like in the in like the spartan days like yeah. uh, like in the he's just like it's like he's too and you know the thing is he is 38 which you know it does creep on you sometimes you know and that <clears throat> that year he had off because of that that whole substance thing that that was unfortunate because yeah. he really did text me photos of that girl and the text him back and forth some girl some girl he met gave him a, p- a pill said hey take this i'm a she's an olympic runner mm-hmm. you're fine it to help you with stamina he took it then he gets busted and he's gone for a year. And then the entire internet calling him cheater, cheater. Yeah. And like, look, what, what, I'm giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, uh, so. It's tough. You just can't, you just have to, you know, they say it over and over again, but you, you, you got to know what you're putting in your body and you can't just take a random pill. Right. With that said, man, I mean, I was impressed. You look at him after you, you know, he's 100% clean now that they've, you know, he's had his suspension and he's been tested over and over. And you saw him at the weigh ins. I mean, the guy, like you said, he's 38 years old. And the guy is still shredded out of his shredded. mind. So yeah, man. Yeah, I'm a Hector fan, and I, and I, I do, I do feel like uh, I think he can still make a run at 185. He's still going to be a beast. I don't care who you put in front of that guy, he's going to be a handful for anybody, anyone for for Rockhold for Weidman. I mean, especially the first couple rounds. You can't tell me he's not going to be a handful. Well, not not having to cut the extra 15. 
I mean, once you get towards the, the bigger weight classes, you know, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight, those are 10 pounds. And I know people, oh, it's whatever, 10 pounds, but it's still 10 pounds. But when you start moving to 15 and 20 and up to heavyweight, whatever, it probably makes it a lot easier for the cut. He even said, you know, he got in to do his, his uh, drug test. He couldn't go to the bathroom. I think at middleweight, you know, he's a little bit smaller than a lot of the guys, but he's also the type where you tell me the last time you've seen Hector get rocked in a fight. I mean, he can step up, get inside on these guys. He's got the judo throws. He's People are going to be afraid of his power. And you know what? I feel bad for his first, like, one, two, three opponents at middleweight because they're not going to put him in the deep end and be like, you know, you're fighting whatever, uh, Romero or Jacare or Anderson or whatever it is. They're going to give him somebody lower down and kind of, like, ease his way back into 185. I feel bad for him. He was seconds away from beating Magny. I mean, it it was- arguably he did beat Magny. <clears throat> I mean, it depends on the ref. That. Yeah, it's that. That's the unfortunate part of an MMA for me. It's like you know, people worry about the judges, but the refing is just as big of a problem. So, Alan, are you, uh, are you are you calling anyone out, or what's going on? Am I calling anyone out? No, man. I I, uh, I did say I did use the excuse after my fight that like it was just only that fight I was focusing on. Uh, but I, I will have some some good news, some big news coming um, probably next week, man. Or right, what? Is it, today's Monday. Okay, this week. <laughs> Maybe this week. Yeah, I mean, I haven't locked anything down yet, but we're in talks with Joe right now, and it looks like uh, July sometime around Ooh, International Fight Week. Yeah. Um, I'll, be, I'll be on one of those cards. You know, I believe this card is the 7th, 8th, and the 9th yeah. um, leading up to UFC 200. So um, they're looking to put me on one of those cards, um, and we don't have a lockdown opponent yet or anything, but that's no. the timeline, at least uh, fighting no, in July. No, I have a question, right? Say you're on the Conor McGregor card. Say Conor McGregor's on the card, right? Now, if if is it like if they go past a certain number, does everyone make a bonus on that? Shit, I wish, man, I wish. Um, you know, honestly, I wanted, I, I requested trying to get on this card. I wanted on the card just because it's such an epic event to be a part of. But whenever I don't get the big uh, the big cards and I get put on a fight night, I'm I'm somewhat kind of happy because your 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 chances, your percentages of getting a bonus just doubled. Because if you're on a card with Ronda Rousey or or, or, um, or Conor McGregor, they're guaranteed some type of bonus. You know what I mean? When you have the night all, or something. Or- right. Any, you know, if they're headlining it, they're, all they have to do is do their job, and they're going to get a bonus or whatever. So, so I mean, I mean, it's it's always on my mind the bonus. I'm always trying to. I'm I'm watching the prelims when I'm in the, in, in the back warming up, and I'm looking to see if there's any fights or exciting. Oh no, so, that's terrible. Yeah, man, I'm always thinking about it. It's always on my mind. It's like so if a guy has a good knockout. Does that change your strategy at all? It, I mean, I, I'm going to go for the kill always. But when I see that there were slow fights leading up to mine, it, it gives me it, – I feel like it gives me more of a platform to go out there and do something, you know, do something special, do something that people remember and get that bonus. Um, but, yeah, man, looking, looking at July right now to get on, get on one of those cards. Would you rather be on, like, the low prelims uh, just in general on, like, a big card or be, mm. like, one of the top two fights of a fight night card? Interesting, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing I'd probably, I'd probably have to say just to back up what I said, be one of the top fights on a fight night card because you're still getting. At the end of the day, you, maybe you're not on the poster or you're not part of that epic event, but you're still getting a push. Like even, the, even this fight night card that I was on, I was bummed out when they told me I was on the prelims. I was like, the prelims, man. I fought almost every card of my entire UFC career. UFC career. 
I've been on the main card. I've even I was even the co-main event in Brazil on any Shogun when somebody dropped out when Ian McCall got hurt or, or sick. So when I was on the prelims, I was kind of bummed. But like we were talking about earlier with the fight pass, if you're the main event on the prelims, it's better than being one through four on the main card because you get that little extra push. You know, yeah. that, that you're a feature on the prelim. You get a little bit of commercial time. They get that little extra push. Uh-huh. Um, and the same thing on Fight Pass. Now, although I wouldn't want to fight on Fight Pass, they're trying to really build Fight Pass. So if you're kind of headlining the Fight Pass, it's giving you that, that extra push. By the um, way, uh, that guy that you beat, they gave it, Warley Alves. Yeah, yeah. Is on a tear. It's killing it right uh, now. Man. I thought, based on your fight with him, I was like, well, Allen took this guy down over and over again. Allen's wrestling is good. Colby Covington is a D1 wrestler. Colby Covington's going to win this fight. And he just destro- – I was there. That destroyed my parlay so quickly. He just put- jumped into a guillotine. a guillotine that was amazing. And now they're having him fight Brian Barbarena. Dude, I'm shocked by that matchup. He's – I mean, Warley Alves is one of the top prospects right now. It's definitely out of Brazil, but he's undefeated. Not only in the UFC, but undefeated, period. He won the Ultimate Fighter, and he's taken out a lot of guys. You know, he's, he's like 4-0, 5-0 now. Um, why is he not knocking on the You think the they're mad at Brian for beating Sage Northcutt? Am I mad at him? No, you don't think that the UFC's mad at him? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a punishment. Absolutely. They're <laughs> really? punishing him. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I completely agree. They're punishing him. Uh, and I, you know, I tell people, I'm like, freaking Alan Juban should be like how they were hyping Sage Northcutt. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're a good-looking guy. You're 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 a straight-edge guy. You got the A pack. The girls love you. <laughs> I'm like, why? I mean, I, I know he's 19, so maybe like women have that like, oh, he's only he's cute. Mm. But I'm like, this dude didn't even prove he can fight. I mean, you proved you can fight. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he proved he could look flashy, but the first two guys they put up against him were a little bit suspect. But I yeah, also they weren't think, the top of the roster. Yeah. But I also think that jump, that 55 to 70 jump, is a big jump. I think people underestimate how big of a jump that is. Yeah. Uh, Conor McGregor kind of proved that a little bit. Uh, so did Northcutt. They, they're fighting at 70 again, Conor, right? Yeah. They're going back. You know, I was thinking about that on the way here. Why, why did they not go back down to 55? Um, why are they doing 70 again? Since Conor even said, like most guys, if, if he was at 55 or 45, he wouldn't have been able to take those punches. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, this could be it or not it. But what I was thinking is, it, it, it's a risk. Connor's taking another risk going against him. And if he loses to him at 55, then where does Connor go from there? If he does want to fight in a lightweight division and he has a loss to Nate Diaz in a 55 division, then he can't go right away to a title shot. He can't go and do a super fight. But if he loses to Nate Diaz again at welterweight, then it was still like a gamble. It was like, you know what, whatever. I went up two weight classes. Now I could still go yeah, back that's, to lightweight. But that's to like me and you and CB and CB's new girlfriend. Uh, but that doesn't really matter, uh, or girlfriend, uh, or a girl he's dating. I don't know what she, oh, whatever. But but that really, to me, like the average person who tunes in, yeah. just sees him lose twice. Uh, Two losses. Then. And, and, they're, and they're not factoring in the weight. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. People are like, you know, and, and it's funny you guys say that, because I went to drop something off at FedEx the other day, and I literally just had to walk in, get a bomb or, or <laughs> uh, sh- a package. Okay, let's, let's not advertise what it was. Okay. Um. And I'm wearing a Connor shirt, and he goes, "Oh, you're a Connor McGregor fan?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You know he lost, right?" I'm like, "No, nah, I had no fucking idea." Right. And I just like walked out. But it's like people don't people don't understand that people don't understand. You know, he went up two weight class. Well, he lost. Okay, so it's it, but it is two losses. 
But then there's the people that do know. But the problem is the UFC and MMA doesn't really cater to the hardcore fans. They mm. cater to everybody. Mm. Your ratings are not based on, you know, me and Adam Hunter watch, so we get extra point, whatever it is. It's like, so people see, okay, just like Ronda. You see, everybody's, oh, Ronda Rousey's invincible, and she's in movies. Knocked out in the second round. It's like, oh, that bitch sucks. And then four million memes. Conor McGregor sucks because he got choked out. But he the, No, he talked a lot of shit, though. You, you get a lot of haters when you lose, but I don't know if it really... If it really stops their momentum, man. Like, I mean, I mean, momentum. He still got the momentum. Ronda Rousey can still headline any card she wants, not as a champion, and still and still sell it out. Uh, look, look uh, didn't Pacquiao lose a couple times in his like when they were trying to build the Mayweather? Yeah, but it yeah. never he stopped his momentum. The fuck out one of those. And right, but yeah, he was even, like, that was the know. fourth time though, and they, right. he, he won the first three. Yeah, but they still were like, you know, you saw the Mayweather Pacquiao ra- uh, ratings and buys, and they even had to delay it an hour yeah. because the cable companies were like we've even much. Be, so you're. So you don't think that uh, Nate should fight Connor again or no? You know what? Connor wants the rematch. I guess it's it's a money fight. It's he's the been, red he's, panty he's, fight. He's been very quiet as of late. You know that, Luke right? Connor? Connor, he has Of course not- he has, but he has been posting, you know. We'll see if it happens the second time. And it's a completely different circumstance. That's the other thing that casual fan doesn't understand, you know. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling the facts. He was dropping a 155. He was at 166 and 12 days out. And they said, you know, go back up to 170. And, you know, Nate's off a three-day camp. They're both going to get full camps. They both know they're going to 170. They're main eventing UFC 200, which that's my... That I have an issue with. I understand Connor needing to be at the top of the bill, but don't put him on a fight. Like, if you would have put a non title fight ahead of, you know, Brock and GSP on a UFC 100, everybody would have been like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? And I guarantee you, you're going to have probably two title fights. But he is still a champion at 145. He still is a champion, but he's not defending that belt. So you're going to tell me the, the third fight on a pay per view is a title fight under the co main title fight. So what fight should be the headline? I don't know because I don't know what they're planning. There's so many people that are throwing the variables. Ronda gets Misha, but Ronda doesn't want to fight till July. I mean, till October. But Holly will fight her in July. Then you've got all these other titles that they're trying to set up. Is How much RDA sleep have you lost back? about this? Not, not any at all. Come on. You, you stay up <laughs> at night. No, yeah, you, I, you seriously mm-hmm. don't understand the fact that like I live – and breathe this sport. So even when I'm doing nothing, I'm still studying. Mm-hmm. I'm still coming up with, with things that I need to step forward with. I'm still tweeting out to see what other people think and get a consensus. I'm not like that. This, this is my life but, as but, ridiculous but, 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 but as that sounds. I know, but, but like, I do get I, laid too. I promise. I know you, I know you get laid. You have a cute <laughs> girlfriend, adorable, but, but you do have a Connor shrine in your house. It hasn't, I haven't put everything up yet. Okay. And but now, I've spent, I've spent a lot of money on it. I have a lot of his memorabilia. How jealous were you that you weren't the guy that Connor stopped by his apartment, the super fan? You know what? I've talked. I've, I've been family. asked that before. <laughs> he was the, pissed. The problem is he won't drive to my neighborhood. Like he'll never be where I live. Why? Because the hills the are too tough. That Hollywood Hills. <laughs> no, that's where my mom lives. Oh. I live in Chicago. But you know, I've met. Oh, I'm Connor. near you. I'm near you. I'm, I'm in yeah, I've met Connor. I would love to meet him again. Do I want him to come knock on my door? Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. But I also don't have like a patio or whatever where he could but just like, drop like, by well, and okay, see Okay, but it. like do you have like – your? does your apartment have like you write potential matchups on like – with like marker and then you're like one, set, one 200 and then you put Connor versus this guy and then you erase it and then you have like arrows going everywhere. It doesn't happen at your house. <laughs> you mean like a fucking – like a <laughs> web of a brainstorm? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't have like a, 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 a control room or anything or – 
No. No? All right. All right. True or... I was just asking. All right. No, and as, as ridiculous as it might sound, when the new EA UFC came out, I looked up everybody's ratings on the roster, and I matched them all up with like good matchups. So I have like 10 pages of good oh. matchups that could be made. I really think, though, if you have five Conor McGregor tattoos on your body, you should – have you tweeted that? Or have you, have you he doesn't answer tweets. Media? Everybody yeah. knows I have these fucking tattoos. I feel People like on if the he got wind of it, though, he would at least retweet it or he would at least share it or something. You know what? I was trying to meet him um, before 196 because I went to Vegas to hang out and meet fighters. I met everybody on the card except him, but – which I also need to put out there to all of our listeners. I don't only have – MMA tattoos of Conor McGregor. I have Mirko Krokop. I have Vanderlei Silva. Um, Brock Lesnar. There are others. All right, let's say Conor fucked the chick, right? That wasn't his girlfriend. Let's just, I know, I know he has a wife. Let's say he banged the chick and had a condom, right? And threw it on the ground. <laughs> Would you keep that condom? No. Really? Come <laughs> yes. on. You'd be the only one to have it. You're telling me that you wouldn't have his, his jizz hang up? No? no. All right, okay, all right. I'm just, I'm just asking. Just a question. All but right. I would frame the rapper. <laughs> you would frame the rapper. No? You wouldn't frame the rapper? I like Hector's idea of trying to get paid for this shit. <laughs> yeah, you should, man. No, you're, you're, you are the most loyal fan. Uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, he had, he had two McGregor tattoos. When he lost, he got three more. That's dope. So that's- no, I got them. I got... The portrait before he lost. Oh, okay. And so then I got the next two after. And I'm the only person, I think, in the world that has an MMA roasted tattoo. Yes. Yeah, yes. Oh, you, you're probably right about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one, man. I love it. I love it. And you have tattoos, right? What, what do you have? I've got, I've got like one tattoo on my leg, um, some writing and a scar and stuff. Does that yeah. bother? Does that hurt the modeling career at all? Uh, no, no. I mean, in, in these days, man, you see like, Tattoos are a lot more just in society. It seems like a, lot, a little bit more welcoming, right? I mean, I don't have like hand tattoos or neck How tattoos. How many chicks seems- send you pictures of them? Like, like on Instagram or like, come on. You get, how many naked shots do you get? I don't know by the numbers, man. I don't, now, I don't. Do, do, do you show your wife? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I don't respond to it. You, you don't know? respond. I know you don't respond. Yeah. I know you're a loyal guy. But that- it is something that I've thought about before. Like, because. A guy on my level, you know, I'm a, I'm a UFC fighter, and UFC is not as big as these other sports. But um, I do get my, my fair share of messages and this and that. So I always think about these other these other athletes, man, the Tom Brady's or the other, you know, basketball players. Oh, yeah. Must man, be I mean, they, I heard stories about, was it Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? They were telling me a story that he used to go to a hotel room when he would go to the, the hotel and, and, and the, the girls would, like, find out the Jersey Chasers. They would, like, find out what hotel it was. And they would go knock on every single door hoping to find it and just, like, run in there butt naked. And, and wow. I, I can't even imagine, you know, the shit that, that the stars have to deal with. Conor McGregor, be- man, props to him. I mean, he's got – I keep seeing all these stories about him and how he's got this good woman at his side. You know, I'm sure he has a lot of distractions. I don't know how these guys turn it down. I yeah. mean, because, like, when you're first starting something – Some of them don't. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, when you're first starting something, you're always like one of your goals in life is like, oh man, I'm gonna become a comic. I'm gonna get all these hot chicks, or I'm gonna be a fighter. And I mean, it's got to be a part of your goal. And you mm-hmm. could say it's not a total part of your goal. It's not you know you do it for the love and the art and yada yada yada. But there's always that like, I'm gonna get hot chicks. And then when you finally make it and the hot chicks come, it's hard to, to like, you know. But but I guess you guys got to get a smoking hot Asian wife. That's probably the the key. Yeah, man. Is that stay the, is that stay the focused. Get you a good girl. Yeah. yeah man. 
That's that's, that's got what you got to do. I got, <laughs> I, I, I got a question for you. I got you, a hot Alan. date tonight, by the way. Is it Brie? <laughs> yeah, with Brie. Okay, I hope so. Yeah, if yeah, another yeah. name popped off. No, no, no. That meme that was sent out yesterday about yeah, yeah. I'm not fucking surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. No, no I, got, I got a good... She's a little young, 25. Is that too young? You, you're going to... No, that's not too young. I'm 37. You're 37? Yeah, yeah. She's, how old are you? Um, 34. 34, yeah. and you're 31? I'll be 31 in August. 30, yeah, 25 is fine, right? Yeah, man. I yeah. mean... Your, your, your girlfriend's, what, 16? Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how old is he? 21. 21. Yeah, 25. Um... And I'm sure you've you've seen the the information or the updates on it. Um, did you know that you tied and are about to break the record for most standing elbow knockouts? Oh, I saw that. That's dope. There's um, only one other guy that has it. Who? 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 Yeah, Travis who? Brown. Really? But those weren't. Sta- I, I don't. Those weren't really standing elbows. Those were the ones where he was reigning when the guy went for the double leg and he was coming down. Oh with yeah, him you're right. You're right. Barnett he did that and to Gonzaga. Barnett. And, but exactly. yours are actually like standing and like hitting him with yeah. standing elbows, and you have two of them now. That's dope. I'm going to have to, a matter of fact, I, I, I screenshot that when I saw it the other day. My mom, of all people, sent that to me. I don't know how she, she became like an <laughs> MMA nerd somehow. And she sent me that shit, and I was, my mind was blown. But yeah, so I saw that the other day. I'm going to, I'm going to post that on I would think Nick Newell had the record. Uh, wow. <laughs> all he has is an elbow. Wow. No, 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 no. I'm just That's saying, good. he seemed like the kind of guy that, he's a good sport, by the way. Nick No, Newell. I know. The yeah. common fan will have no idea what you're talking about right, right Nick, now. Nick, have to Nick look Newell, by up. the way, has one arm. Uh, yeah, he's got dope. a second arm. It just ends at the elbow. He has more of a hand. He came on the show. I asked him if you ever like put it in a chick. <laughs> he, oh, he said no. that. Uh, he said he's got he, like an elbow on it. He said yeah. he wouldn't be able to follow it. He said that he, it would be too much. It would be, it would be hard. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd ruin it for him. So, uh, so anyway, so, uh, Alan, what do you have coming up? Um, so yeah, like I said, look look for an announcement. Maybe, hopefully, in the next coming days, uh, July, I'll be fighting. Um, other than being a guest on MMA Roasted, um, I, I do a podcast with Karen Bryant, uh, MMA Heat. What? Uh, after, after the fight, sorry. Got Shamelessly plugged. This is um, what? Oh, good for you. Man. I'm, I'm like I, a, love, I I'm, love Karen. Yeah, no, she's awesome, man. Sure. It's fun. Uh, so check that out. And then, um, yeah, man, follow me on on, on all my social media uh, at Alan Joban, A L A N J O U B A N. But yeah, man, hopefully. Oh, I know what's going on right now. I got some good shit. Um, Vogue magazine. I did a, a photo shoot for. La Umo. I don't even know the difference, but there's Vogue and there's like La Umo Vogue. I'm thinking one La Umo Vogue is the guy magazine. Anyway, I just found it at the newsstand. So I'm in the there's like a, a special kind of sports issue where they got a bunch of athletes from around the world and they did like a stories on them. So I'm in La Umo Vogue right now. Um, I don't even know where you can find it. I doubt it's at Ralph's. It's probably like an Italian magazine. You have to go to a newsstand. But if you happen to be there, check that out. La Umo Vogue. I'm in it right now. And then um. And then uh, At Large Magazine comes out in a couple of days as well. And then uh, hopefully uh, Versace, that'll be dropping real soon. But um, other than all that stuff, man, July, it's going down. I'm going to be fighting in Vegas. Yet to confirm an opponent, but it's going to be a good fight. It's definitely going to be a guy close to the top 15. That's great. And CB, anything coming up? Uh, coming up this week. Now I'm going to be puppy sitting starting Saturday for like 10 days. Folks are going out of town to move into the new house in Mammoth. Um if you'll allow me, I'd like to just tell two quick stories from my past week. Sure. Um, one of which you will appreciate. I'll appreciate Oh, both. you'll appreciate both of them. So my dad, strangely enough, did his first ever stare down on Saturday night. 
And it wasn't because like anybody asked him. It was because we went out to dinner with my grandfather. Um, my girl was with me. There was just five of us. We ordered food at this expensive Italian restaurant over in um, like West LA area. And the guy completely neglected to write down what my girl ordered. So the food comes out. She doesn't have any food. Took 25 extra minutes past when we had all gotten our food. And my dad, like, if you screw with him or do something wrong and you don't really take your, like, apologize and, and uh, respectfully fix it, he'll get a little crazy. But I've never seen him do this. And then this maitre d' comes out and tries apologizing, but tries to also kind of blame it on us. Like, you know, everybody makes mistakes, whatever. My dad gets in his face and he goes, this is unacceptable. This will never happen again. We're here all the time. And I'm just sitting there like... I wanted to go sell tickets and popcorn. I was so excited. I thought my dad was going to whoop somebody. Um, The other quick story was her and I last night went to the comedy store for the first time. Um, We went to see Francisco Ramos perform because we saw him with you on Friday. Very funny guy. It was my first time there. I was looking for Rich. I tweeted him. Wasn't there. But um, for the most part, we had a good time. It was cool. Nice, nice. We went to the original room. Sixteen comedians yeah, in four hours. Yeah, a lot of comics. And then there was a pop in. I don't know what exactly that means. Yeah. Um, but we we had a pretty good time. There were some guys that were not really funny. There was one guy that I my face didn't change the entire time. Okay. Uh, he was fifty nine years old. He looked like he was about seventy five. Right. But had a good time. Um, right. Unfortunately, I think I'm a little biased to comedy now because I've seen you and, <laughs> oh, thanks, and, and, and Tyler and, and, and certain people that I'm kind of connected with perform. So I'm a little biased. My 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 sense of humor is a Your little taste has changed. Yeah, happens, yeah definitely. And I also spoke to my mom. I will be bringing her to one of your shows. Uh, within probably the next month because they're leaving this coming weekend. Sure. But she really wants to see you perform. I love it. So you can meet the mother that put out I, the psycho. I, I, I have to meet your mom. I have to. I have so many questions. We should have her on the podcast. <laughs> Does your mom have any McGregor tattoos or no? No, she has. Uh, she actually only has two tattoos, and she got her first one when she was sixty. She's uh, she's sixty two now. How, she only she, has she two. Hot or no? I, Your girlfriend's saying yes. I guess I'm going to uh, have to bust out another fucking photo. All right. We're going to have a pickup. No, mo- no, no, okay, no, you're not. Okay, no, no, you're not. No, no, I've no, already no, dealt no. with the sister thing. No, okay. We're not going to have a pickup. It's, it's okay. not going to work <laughs> Who's out. Who's got the hottest mom? I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be really, really upset if okay. people start with my mom. Okay. We're not going to My mom's the, the one next to me. Damn. Your mom does look good. Is your sister next to her? Yeah. And that's Damn. my dad. She got real boobs, the sister, or no? No, neither oh. of them do. Oh. We had this conversation oh, wow. ready. God, go. I hope they don't listen. Oh wow! Yeah, you, you definitely. Are you sure you weren't adopted? Listen, I, I, um, you know what? I, I've had my thoughts. <laughs> listen, uh, next Thursday I'll be in Odessa, Texas, uh, April seventh, headlining the Ten Sports Bar, uh, and then the next day I'm going to be in Monahan, Texas, uh, April eighth. I'm at the I Don't Care Bar. The IDC bar in Monahan, Texas. Uh, and and uh, like I said, uh, July 4th weekend, uh, that fight weekend, I will be in Vegas at the Stratosphere performing. Uh, so come uh, come see me. I'm going to definitely come to the fights. Love to, see, love to see my fans. Stratosphere, LA Comedy Club. And April 12th, my TV show comes out on Oxygen, the Oxygen channel, uh, Living With Funny. It's on, uh, it's on After Bad Girls Club. Uh, on Oxygen. So make sure you watch it. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, thank you, Jessica I, Hector Lombard. This has been a great podcast. And enjoy the rest of your week. Thursday, we have Mayhem Miller and Luke Barnott 
Con- doing a press conference. Uh, they are fighting in Bellator, uh, uh, Venator, Venator. They're fighting in Venator FC in Italy. So we are going to have those two on, as well as Angela Magana is calling in. And in studio, Baba Jenkins will be back, as well as the Hawaiian Punch, Brian Valoria, who I think is like a 10-time world champion boxer. Just lost to Ch- uh, Chocolito, uh, who's uh, the pound-for-pound number one fighter in the world. But Brian Valoria, also a state champ wrestler from Hawaii, uh, it was, uh, I think, a, a five or ten-time world champion. I remember watching him a wild card. So he'll be in studio. We've got a press conference between Mayhem and Luke Barnott. We've got Angela Magana. It's going to be a wild show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Sideshow Network and Ben. Take care. Bye-bye.